This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. So, funny story. Um, it's a little known fact that if you ask somebody that's native to Montreal how far away anything is, and they say it's a block... <laughs> get a cab. Okay, get a cab, because the block is a, an actual measured 1.8 kilometers. What the fuck, KYT? No, 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 no! Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. It's just like, why? Not everything I do is like horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> Jay Boosh. Damn it! Why am I always so ahead of the curve and then somebody <laughs> like Owen makes a deck popular and now I sound like every deck brewer on the planet? Scotty. It's actually a secret ploy for her to get you two to spend more time together. If <laughs> mom next levels you. It's awesome. <laughs> like, serious. And Jeremy. Do you know how hard it is to buy Korean singles? No. And when you put Korean singles into Googles, do you know what you get? You don't get magic cards. <laughs> and now, the A-Team. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 171 of the A-Team Podcast. I am Mr. Scotty Mack, joined, as always, by my lovable co-hosts. I have one Mr. Jay Boosh. Hello. I have one Mr. Batman himself, KYT. Hello. Top 12 GP Montreal competitor, KYT. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I have, uh, and of course with us is none other than my roomie, Jeremy Schofield. Yeah, I thought today was Wednesday because I swear I'm missing a day somewhere. It's, I don't know where I lost it. I, I think I'm pretty sure where you lost your day. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, so sorry we missed you all last week, but... Um, we were busy fucking having a sick time and crushing a GP. I don't know if you guys weren't there. You missed out because it was insane. Uh, do you guys all have fun at the event? I had fun like at the event and outside of the event, so I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, like that's that's basically the best you can ask for, right? Yeah, that's definitely. And the it was like your it was your birthday too, right? Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? I mean, it it was like, it was my birthday for, it felt like my birthday for more than just a day, because everyone was wishing me birthday on basically the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday, when my birthday was really, um... The Wednesday before? The Wednesday. Yeah, the Wednesday before. Jeez. So. Misrepresented. So, it, it must was... Must be nice. It was, it felt like my birthday week, basically, so... We actually celebrate that here. <laughs> Really? Megan does that too. Megan will have like a hundred birthdays. Yeah, yeah. The wife and I we do birthday week. Yeah, must really be nice. some people do birthday month. That must be nice. Yeah, that'd be too expensive. But it it was a rock and solid time because we had stuff uh, planned for every night, 
uh, people was like, where's the party at? When's the party? Like, there, there was an event every night that uh, Scott and I had planned. And, uh, you know, I tried to, to put out as much of myself into these events as possible, even though while also trying to do well, I actually was hoping that I would open a shit pool and uh, <laughs> not make day two despite playing. Like, I'd still play my very best. I would just hope the cards wouldn't line up so I could day two. Uh, but I'm pretty happy that I did and that I finished quite high. Just one win away from top eight. So can't complain about that. Um, I mean, I opened an above average pool. Blue-red, uh, which isn't the best combination in draft and probably is not the best combination in sealed. Not one of the stronger ones anyways. But I had some synergy and I had one of the best rares uh, from the first set, which is Prognostic Sphinx. That Yeah. That is that the one that has hexproof if you discard a card? Yep. Yeah, and it's yeah, three. That, card, that card's like the best three, like the best fucking card in the set for sure. For <laughs> when for when sure. Scry goes above two, like isn't that just Scry your deck? Like it, it could be Scry infinite at that point. Yeah, yeah. like it, it just Scry till you find what you want. Yeah, so that's that was my deck plus. And that's, like, that's yeah. a blue card, so you can You're also right. Assassin's Bounty or whatever it's called, where you fucking <laughs> you also just like. Ban them from playing creature. <laughs> um, and like I had some cute little synergies, like two-headed Cerebrus, with like any anything that enchants it, like a few bestow guys or aqueous form or anything. So there, there were some enough synergy to carry me through. Um, I didn't think that my deck was overpowered, but it was good enough. It was good enough to X one day one, and uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't ask for more. Um, and I could not ask for more. <laughs> I love it. Shout out to Edwin McCain. You know it. <laughs> um, but, like, the tournament, what was the, I guess, the organizers, the TO, for, from my perspective, I talked about how pre-registration at, at Vancouver made, made the event run silky smooth and that it ended at, like, 8 p.m. or some, or something, like, early, something ridiculously early. And but this one, you know, there were a lot of complaints by a lot of players. Things were getting delayed as heck, and it ended like my last round on day one ended closer to ten, and um, which is a, well understandable because there is the sealed like the the deck building and deck passing portion of of, of all that. So it's understandable it took one one extra hour, but uh, definitely felt uh, the tournament felt slow, and uh, I think a large part of it was like. You know, Jeremy can can talk about it a bit more. That they didn't expect, uh, what was it, six sixteen oh four or something? Hundred players were like early going. People were like, oh, maybe it's you know the over and under from some of my closer friends was like twelve hundred. So and some yeah, people, a lot of people twelve hundred was what the judges were told to expect. Really, yeah, that was that was our high estimate was twelve hundred. Why was it so, so low? The estimate. Why was it so low? Yeah, it like, was running off the heels of another constructed GP, which was basically like Magic Woodstock version two. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's like in Canada, uh, in the winter, um, it's you know sealed. Quebec City probably factored in on it also. And Quebec City wasn't a very fair example because that was like the last really really big tournament was was sharing the same weekend as Quebec City. Yeah. So like those numbers were really low, so that kind of pulled down the total. And uh, magic is growing like crazy, so uh, I don't think they anticipated the 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 mana deprived parties and the draw that it would have. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like I, I don't want to toot our horn or anything, but I feel like the the A team Jobins uh, had more than a little to do with the extra four hundred people. And yeah. and like you guys are fucking awesome because of that. Like yeah. straight up, no question. Beautiful. So yeah, it was the event from everything that I was that I heard, I had the unique perspective of like not being in the event. Um, because your format is bullshit. Uh, Jay, like, yeah, I agree with you. This limited format is bullshit. Um, so I like, wouldn't be caught dead paying for VIP to a main event so I can open up a terrible <laughs> fucking pool and, like, hate myself for eight hours, ten hours while I play this dumb game. Yeah, like, like, like KYT ended at ten? What the fuck? Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I'm not, like, a good enough player, I don't think, to, like, take a middling deck and, like, grind through a day two, you know? Yeah. So I was like, fuck that. So I just, like, I, I played a modern side event, uh, which I, like, crashed and burned, and it was bad. But I played a bunch of Commander and hung out with everybody, and it was awesome. But every, what I heard was that just the event in general just was so late. Uh, the side events that were running the night before didn't even finish. Oh, my God. So, like, there was a lot of things going on. Um, Jerry, like, you had a pretty rough experience on Saturday as a judge, right? Uh, no, Saturday was actually Friday, really right? good. Yeah. Saturday, like from the judging side of things, because I, I, I judged on Saturday and I was judging part of the main event, which was like really surprising to me because I've been told in my limited experience as a judge that L1s just don't get to judge the main event. But I was doing deck checks. So for like the first 15 minutes of the round, I'd be running and stealing people's decks and making sure that they're not cheating. And then after that, like I was just roaming the floor doing like lore calls and stuff like that. So it was a really cool opportunity there. And it seemed like it was going pretty good. We had like, I felt like, I, I don't want to like, you know, like single things out, but like, I felt like the, the timekeeper system, like we were having a tough time getting like the results in, uh, in the first few rounds. Sure. And like, they ended up like, they had like this the place where you're putting your result slips and everything like that. Eventually, like I think starting round four, it became a judge. Like we we replaced the results box with the results judge, and oh, like God. you just walk up and give the slip to the judge, and the judge would organize them and everything like that and hand it over. And like little things like that just help speed up the rounds moving forward. Uh, they also had like the judge who was in charge of like papers and stuff like that was like making a list as of like when there was ten minutes left in the round, he was making a list of like what tables are still out there and assigning judges to go sit on those tables. So we were kind of like leaning over their shoulder and, uh, you know, making sure that they weren't uh, dragging their heels. So the Saturday went really well in like from what I saw from my side of it, uh, with the judging though, it just goes, goes, goes. So you don't really notice the time passing. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Friday though was a whole other story. Um, I got back to the hotel room Friday night like, ready to say, fuck you to judging, fuck you for everybody who was oh, turned organizing, like, whoa. I was just done. Like, KYT, <laughs> you saw me. I was as salty as salt gets. Yeah, yeah, you, you were. Normally, you're you're very jovial, like like you were uh, Saturday night, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you were pretty salty Friday night. Yeah, so, like, it, it was really odd because, again, like, uh, we had, like, our little uh, team meeting because like when you judge you usually get put into teams and you'll have like a team leader who's kind of like the the supervisor he doesn't really do any of the the judging stuff he more just makes sure that people are all doing stuff and uh we kind of did our thing and i told everyone that you know like this was my first and a half gp like i had done a, a friday at a gp before but really i'm kind of like you know super green going into this stuff so like my judge like my team leader at that point he stuck me on 
um, the largest event that was going on. It was like the San Diego Comic-Con Modern Masters thing. And then there was a couple GPs just thrown in there for salting. And uh, I was, you know, working underneath this uh, L2 judge from France. And we didn't have enough time to even really talk. Um, it was like, I think I started my shift at three o'clock or something like that, or five, four o'clock or something. And the modern master's term was supposed to start, or the modern term was supposed to start at the same time. It was 40 minutes into it. They hadn't even had a player's meeting. So like we were already really behind. Wow. And like the head judge of the thing didn't really do a player's meeting at all. And then we do, we weren't using result slips because result slips weren't working with the scorekeepers. So we are actually just taking like the pairings board and we are circling names and stuff like that. So there's all these things where just like in my head just seemed like the absolute worst thing to do. And then the guy who was running the event, like the, the head judge of this, you know, big event in these GPTs around the area that I'm assisting him with, his shift ended. So like at the end of the first round, I realized my judge is gone. So now I'm the head judge of this event. What the fuck? It's like, I don't know how many players we have. I don't know how many rounds we have. They were all supposed to get like six packs for showing and signing up. Nobody got any of those. Um, I don't really know what to do with any of my results. Um, and, oh, I just got handed another GPT to keep an eye on. But I've got this guy who's going to help me out, but I only saw him for about 30 seconds to wave and say, hey, thank you, and then he left. So I'm, like, just on, over my head, and I got people, like, freaking out at me. I go to bring my, my uh, modern event in, and the guy's like, uh, okay, the modern event crashed. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, it's gone. It's not in the system anymore. I have to rebuild. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so like two hours and 15 minutes later, I'm trying to get the pairings for the second round of this tournament. That's going to be seven rounds. Oh my god. So, so like, there's this guy freaking out, then all of a sudden I've got players coming up to me and they're like, uh, there is no way that I'm going to be able to play in this event um, yeah, news because flash. it's going to go all night. I want my money back. So then I'm trying to deal with like Moro to like get money back for these guys and everything like that. And they're like, oh yeah, 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 we can get you money back and everything like that. Just go talk to the scorekeeper. I go talk to the scorekeeper. He's like, I don't have any change. So you got to figure that out. So I'm like running around trying to run like four tournaments where there's no results slip. So the only way a person can report is to actually physically find me and tell me. And then trying to do all this other stuff. And it's like everything that could go wrong with this tournament, I didn't have the time to do anything to, to, like for because I had to be the results box. And then the, like, super crazy part was, like, my team lead guy, like, I think he expected, like, everyone that he had were, like, super hardened, like, space marine fucking judges. Like, you know, like, they don't break, they don't do anything, like, they got it all figured out, like, if they need to put in results, they've got a computer up their ass somewhere, like, you know, like, they're just hardcore. And that's not me. So, like, I tell him, I'm like, blah, 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 and he's just, like, he cuts me right off, he's like, go do this. And it's like, okay, I understand that. He's like, well, here's how, I need you to take this term. Well, I can't take this term. It's like, well, it's in your area. It's like, I need you to understand nothing is happening over here. <laughs> like, there are tournaments that are not doing anything. So at one point, I, I, I had a flip out and I gave them the papers that were in my hands and the boxes and everything like that because they gave me a bunch of packs to, like, hand out for another event, like, prizing for the GP, the grinders uh, prizing. They just gave me all that stuff. I just shoved it all back in their hands. I'm like, F you guys, I'm gone. And I just walked out. Um, and that was, that was tough. That was tough. Like I had, I'd reached my end and, uh, I, I didn't really like it. And it was funny cause like, you know, Jeff Foster, who's just like super awesome judge. Who's at every event. If you go to a magic event, uh, Jeff Foster is judging it. Um, that's just a general rule for North America. He came out and he's like, you know, it's like the first rule is have fun. And like, you're obviously not having fun. So like, we're going to favor what we can do to, you know, try and have some fun with this. But like this tournament's just going terrible. Like this is like the worst side events I've seen. 
So it was just like, okay, well, this is an experienced judge who's like feeling that it's just terrible. And, you know, we kind of got ourselves back together and kind of went back in there and they grabbed, like, they realized that they had like an L3 judge who's been doing it forever, who was working on like two little side events that were like nothing. So he came over and took over those. They put me on those side events to like, let me cool down and deal with these people. And it, it went better for the evening. But like, at that point there, it was just so disorganized, like stupid little things like the guy you report your matches to is also the guy who signs people up for new matches. So it's like when your round is done, you have to wait in line to go and report, like give the results in because people are trying to line up and pay to get into new events. So they're firing events without taking care of the older events. It was just a bunch of like really, really like just what seemed like really foolish things. So I, I, at the end of the night, I was just like, fuck this. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Like, this is not worth it. I don't know why I'm doing this, blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to give the Saturday a, a reasonable shot because I figured it was going to be completely different with the main event and everything like that. And the fact that they've got all the judges in there and it would just be way more organized. And yeah, it turned out to be. So it was a lot of fun judging on Saturday. Good. Yeah. I stayed up on Friday night just for you, man. So, so listen to your So ass. Friday, okay. So Friday, here's what happens. So we get up in the morning, and uh, and I and I go to hop on the train. And so I get up early, and I rush my ass to the train station that I'm going to take to go south to get to the train that we're actually taking. So I was like double training. And uh, and so I show up, I buy my ticket, I'm good. I grab my suitcases, I start running, I get in front of the in front of the train, I'm beating on the doors, and they won't let me in, and they leave. So I'm like, great, this is going to be amazing. So there's another train that leaves half hour later. It still gets me there in time. Everything's fine. But I'm now sitting in the cold for half an hour. (laughs) That blows. So I finally get on the train. It takes me down to where we head. I show up. I get to the platform that we're headed to. And I happen to see, of course, none other than Jeremy himself. And he's there with uh, uh, Bloody Mess Jess. So they're hanging out and waiting at the platform, and I show up, and it's all good, and there's hugs all around, and then everybody starts filing in in the next hour, and I drank uh, maple coffee, which was awesome. It was pretty delicious. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were excited about that. I was. It was really delicious. It was like the epic the epic Canada trip, and here I am drinking delicious maple coffee. It was good. So, uh, so that was sweet. And then, uh, and then after that, uh, we get on the train. Everybody shows up, like Slick Jagger and uh, and Motika, like all the heavy meta guys all show up. Brainstorm Brewery guys show up. Uh, Motika and Slick have brewed three cases of what they've called Brainstorm Brewery Black IPA. So it's like a, it's almost like a stout India Pale Ale. It's amazing. It was literally, it was, just, it was outstanding. I couldn't believe it how good really it was. It really reminded me of a Dead Guy Ale. If you've ever drank that, I haven't, but I, I buy it. I'm in. Yeah, um, see it, it. It's very similar. So it was very, very, very delicious beer, and so we wanted to. So we just thought we'd wait. We'll get on the train, and then we'll just like crack in and start going deep. And of course, we get there, and they get stopped at the luggage area with all of these cases of beer, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, you can't drink that on the train." At which point in time, we all like shatter paused. Sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's a. Uh, the train's licensed, but uh, you have to buy our beer and you can't drink until after 11. <laughs> and we're like, all right. Uh-oh. 
we're like, we understand. Okay, fine. So we're like, so where's the beer menu? And they're like, here it is. And I look and I'm like, oh, what's that? Canadian Coors Light, Sleeman Original Draft, and Heineken. Okay. So Heineken's the import, the rest are domestics? Yeah. $6 a can domestic, $7 a can for the Heineken. Per can. Per 355 milliliter can. My God. Yeah. And they certainly didn't even have enough for all of us to have a beer on the train. No, I, I couldn't buy a beer. A beer. A there beer. was no beer by the time it got to me. So That's fucking brutal. Yeah. So and they didn't even bother trying to sell it until like afternoon. Like at eleven o'clock, we even started giving them the gears. Like, where's the beer? So it was it was pretty rough, and we ended up just eventually saying, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll draft anyway. Uh, Matt and uh, Alex were there. You know, uh, Taekwondo Dance and and Gemini and their crew were all there, and they were sitting in the back of me. So Matt's like, well. I brought draft sets, so do we want to just draft? And I'm like, I fucking hate you. This is the last thing I want to do is draft, but I guess I'm bored, so why the hell not? So, uh, sure enough, I draft, and uh, it's like the worst experience of my life. I, <laughs> I, I, I forced black in pack one. I got a, a reasonable deck, but it was just terrible. I missed out on an opportunity to splash blue, which would have made my deck much better. Um, what, what set were you drafting? Uh, it was Born of the Gods, Theros, Theros. Okay, yeah. 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 And so, like, the other decks were insane. I got just, like, crushed. Um, and I was just like, why am I spending my two hours of my life doing this? This is, like, I, I could have been fucking sleeping. This is bullshit. So, as you can tell, like, my taste for Limited over this entire weekend has just been, like, the Sour. most sour, disgusting thing I could possibly ever imagine. I'm like, yeah, you got these guys. Oh, look, they're good heroics. Oh, you got tricks. Oh, I'm dead. So, like, it's just brutal. So, we get to the event, finally. And uh, we check into our hotel, which is like the ultra super ridiculous baller hotel ever. We have, we've got like a fireplace. It's a separate room with a full fucking kitchen and stove and range and huge size fridge. Sorry, uh, what is a stove and the range? Sorry, you're right. It's the same thing. I meant oven and range. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was maybe a difference. No, I just thought they were the same no, thing no, for you're, years. <laughs> no, no, no. Young's double chocolate stout. Um, so... Oh, okay. You better get that. That's that's me. One yeah. one second. <laughs> Just a moment, Mr. Ramos. Uh, hello. So, uh, is it just me, or are the two Chun monsters decks absurdly greedy from the uh, other GP? What do you think? Uh, I think you have to be greedy. Greedy in what sense? Well, they're only running twenty-three lands. Ooh. And they've added the extra five. They've cut some of the early drops, like uh, cutting down on removal spells, for example, and playing copies of Xenagos the Reveler, co playing copies of Vraska and Xenagod, like just adding all of these five drops, and they're cutting down to 23 lands. All right, I'm back. Mr. Rignos uh, just needed his some things. All right. So, Mr. Rigmos. Mr. Rigmos. So good. Um. Yeah, so the limited format is just bullshit, and I think it's terrible. And yeah. I was like, there's no way in hell you're going to get me fucking playing this shit all weekend. So we finally get to the to the hotel. It's amazing. There's, like, stove and oven and marble counter or, like, stone countertops. Like, yeah. the place is ridiculous. Fireplace. Separate bedroom. Separate suite, bedroom. like, in a hotel? Or? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an embassy suite. Yeah. It's a suite. Okay. Had a stand-up shower and then, a th like, a four-person jacuzzi um, in the room. Uh, like, the place was just literally insane. Like, mind-melting, blowing crazy. The ca couch with a pull-out. Like, 
could easily sleep a family of six. Like stupid. Was wow. who 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 slept in the room Sunday night? Who was Tyler? That? Tyler. Oh, is that the fro? Yeah, the fro. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> who was that? Yeah. So so anyway, so we ended up. Uh, so we show up. The place is baller, and then I end up having to run some errands, and we end up at. Uh, I ended up with Marcel and Kelly and like all the crew that was up from Harry T and like Tony and Maddie from heavy meta, uh, the brainstorm brewery guys and a few of the locals. And we all ended up at uh, the three brewers, uh, like the, the trois brasseurs. And, um, Ooh. is that brewer in French? Brasseur? Yeah. yeah. So, the so we had, brushers. we had quite possibly like one of the best <laughs> meals that I had all weekend at that moment. I had, uh, we had pitchers of beer. Like we had an absolute blast. Um, and then I guess we got back and it was time to do, it was time to hang out for a bit. And then I, we caught up to KYT and then it was time to do KYT's party. And so KYT, tell us about your party. Oh, before that, while yeah. I wasn't with you guys. So we had the fat bet and I was just a few pounds off. So I had to, and, and the trouble is I, I didn't bring my scale from, from my house. So and I had to, and I was staying at a hotel with Kenji, New Matanami. Yep. So I wasn't going to go back home to get my scale because my home is like a 40 minute, 35 to 40 minute bus ride. So I was going to do that. So I was a few pounds off, had to hit, actually hit the sauna for an hour. What? <laughs> what? You like had to like make weight? Yeah, I had to make weight. <laughs> and like go to the gym and actually uh, work out a bit. And was but I got there. I got there with with uh, two pounds to spare, so that was sweet. Um, and so after that was a party at uh, what was called the Beer Market, a place that I've been. Uh, they're chained. There's one in Toronto, and this one just just got recently built. Um, maybe even just two months ago, uh, it used to be a fancy schmancy uh, steak place uh, called Coeur de Cheval, but now it's Beer Market and. I enjoyed my time there, and I decided to. They had this upper floor, the third floor. Decided to rent uh, the whole place out. Uh, so I had two choices: either I pay seven hundred and fifty bucks up front, or the room has to spend thirty five hundred dollars, which is what? That's a, a lot, lot of money, of by the way. It's an insane amount of money. Uh, but of course, like the the meals uh, were really expensive. We're talking about like fifty to sixty dollars, and you know I, I had people order from that that menu, so it was enough to to get me. Uh, I don't know where the total ended up being, but because uh, the service was really slow, and what happened was like there was a lot of complaints, and one of our guys complained to to like the top manager there. And ultimately, they didn't give a shit if I hit the total or not because the service was so slow. They were talking about how you know they weren't used, they weren't prepared for the amount of people that were gonna come in and buy drinks or buy me drinks for my birthday. And uh, I, I had no idea how exactly how many people sh- were gonna show up, but there were a ton of people that just showed up to say hi or, or bought a drink. So it was pretty crazy. And and uh, yeah, even even the waitresses after like after everyone had left and I was the last one to leave, they they're like I I didn't know like how popular like you were <laughs> for your birthday. I'm like I, I guess I guess I am. So that was pretty sweet. Um, 
But you steal you know, a line from Scotty. Google me, bitch. <laughs> story later. Story later. So, so the service was so slow, like trying to get my bill that when the bill came, it was wrong. It was like it was over a beer, and I could not like I needed to get out of there so badly that I was prepared to pay for the extra beer. Like that's, that's a how fucking slow lot. That's a lot for for Scotty. Yeah. Well, one of the guys like waited an hour for a whole hour, like no exaggeration, an actual hour for his bill. So I felt bad for, for everyone. Where was this? Uh, the beer market, the beer market in Montreal. The, it's uh, not the Trois Barcher. No, no, that oh. place was amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but like, I'm really happy because like a lot of people came. Um, I got to hang out with, you know, some people a lot like Brian Liu, not, not the GP Richmond champion. Funny enough, they both live in Toronto. But this guy's Flaming Sheep, a guy who does videos for Man and Deprived, and, and actually got to meet him and hang out with him for the first time. Um, actually hang out, hung out with Jared Gashadi, who, despite being a Facebook troll, like hated Facebook troll, nobody <laughs> likes that guy, is actually kind yeah. of a guy in real life. Like, what yeah. Like, Isn't that the fuck? Yeah, it is Isn't fuck. that fucking My, my fuck. wife went to school with him. So she's always uh, like watching him on uh, on Facebook and just gets a real kick out of like when he just goes on like a fucking rant. <laughs> but he comes across like that annoying asshole troll online. But in real life, it's like he's always cheering for me. He was nothing but nice with me. Like yeah. I, no, he's he's awesome. He he's on my he's on my a list for people I've met. Like like I'm surprised. I <laughs> I am actually genuinely surprised. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, but what sucked was like somehow at my party, um, one of Jared's friends, Peter, uh, yeah. he misplaces his camera somewhere in the room itself. And I guess someone, some people that knew about my party came up and saw a, a camera that was just there and stole it. I have no idea uh... who it possibly could, could be. So, so sucked for, for him. And I, so I was feeling bad about that also. So, you know, I tried you know what the rougher beat is on that. What he literally took it out of the box like that week. Yeah, like he wow. just bought that camera. It came out of the box because he wanted to have the camera with him for the party, and then I guess he put it in like a glass like display case or something like that, and it disappeared. Uh. Yeah, I saw I saw him around his neck, so I wasn't paying attention. Next thing you know, he he lost it, and he told me he placed it at this random cabinet that they had, and uh, I guess like he someone. I wouldn't have expected anyone to steal it either. So, but uh, yeah, I feel bad for Peter. And uh, but other than that, you know, a lot out like Alex, my usual friends came out and and enjoyed themselves. And I stayed there pretty long to be able to still be awake. At like we went to sleep at like two on Friday. So thank God I had two buys. So I did have adequate sleep going into Saturday. Um. But yeah, like the the main thing for me, the main highlight Friday night was just meeting these people for the first time, um, especially like guys like Brian and Jared and and like people that have supported me for so long. You hadn't met Jared before. I do not. I may have, but this is the first time we actually. This maybe the first time we actually like sat down and talked. I feel this might be the first time actually. Has he ever been to GP Montreal? He was in GP Toronto, was he? Oh yeah, We're, for sure. But I miss that. I might I miss Toronto and I miss GP Calgary. So uh, it is possible I have 
never met him. Um, okay. Yeah, he's actually did really good streaming with uh, Jay here um, for that PTQ. Yeah, I look forward to watching it. Is. Jay? I didn't hear what you said. I heard... Give you praise I saying that you guys... I was giving you praise for uh, the commentary for that PTQ. Oh, yeah. Did you really? actually watch some of it? Yeah, man. You guys knocked it out. Like, I was watching it, like, on coffee breaks and lunch breaks. Yeah? Upside. Yeah, right and on, you guys man. are awesome, so... Way to crush. Thanks. I, I thought it was really good, actually. I, uh... I was kind of like KYT. I kind of assumed that... I didn't... Actually, like, I didn't assume anything, but I just didn't know what to expect, because I know about how Gush is kind of a an internet troll, so to speak. And, um... I guess it's kind of the same with me, though, right? And I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt or whatever, so... I I didn't really know what to expect, but I, I kind of went into it open-minded, because I'm 30, so I have to do that. And, uh... Yeah, I was actually, like, pleasantly surprised, and uh, I thought it was really fun. Like, for a format that I hate and can't stand, it was super fun watching it, for the most part, because, like, I got to actually somewhat care about magic for a little while, right? Okay, yeah. Um... And I got to kind of understand it. Like, like it's kind of like watching football when you don't care at all about football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, I'll watch it with my father-in-law, and I'll care at the moment, but I couldn't give two shits about it right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you like, don't I, get I emotionally invested in it. Yeah, like, I watched the Super Bowl in the Dominican, and it was so hot in the sports bar that they had it on, and it was in, in fucking Spanish, that I, like that I just, like, left in the, like, before halftime, or at halftime, I just left. Because I was tired, right? But, I mean, like, I made the effort to watch the first half because he wanted to go watch it, and it was like, whatever. Um, you know, so, so Matt, it was, it was very much the same with Magic. Like, it felt like I was just kind of casting, like, a sport that I was fully kind of removed from. So, um, yeah, but I had a really great time, and I was really actually kind of stoked that, uh, that Sean showed up. Uh, Sean yeah. McLaren. Sean McLaren showed up to help us out, and um, yeah, it was like it was fucking super cool. Like he got to give some insight. He, you know, he he's not as like he's he kind of fall like I find with Magic players, you kind of fall into one of two categories, um, maybe three categories. But he falls into the one where you're like super good at it, super smart, uh, but like super nice. And also kind of, sh- like, quiet. Shy is probably not the right word, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, he's not like, awkward. Yeah, and he's weird. not ultra-competitive, right? Yeah, like, he's not, well, he's not ultra-competitive, he's not awkward and weird, but he's also not, like, super aggressive or funny or, you know what I mean? Like, he falls into, like, a very specific category of, of that kind of stuff. And, and it was actually really kind of refreshing, because, it, like, me and Jared have so many different, uh, like I guess strengths and and stuff like that too. So he kind of was like the balance there, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was that was fun. Like and 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 helped out. And you know, like the the thing that was really cool too was that like I didn't have to do it every round. I would like because I was there for like fifteen hours that day. Like it was <laughs> it was brutal. Like if you think that wa- or playing oh fucking Theros is is hard. Uh, try watching Theros for 15 hours. Uh, that's, that's brutal. That is some brutal shit. Um, but yeah, so I had a really great time, and, and, uh, the Sentry Box has a PTQ in May coming up that they want me to do, 
uh, the casting for, and I think I'll for sure do it. I'd, I'd much rather make money, guaranteed money, like, casting than um, play a format that I fucking hate, not money, and then feel like I wasted 15 hours of my day anyway. Yeah, boy. Uh, you know what I mean? And I mean, like, the thing that was really great, too, is the tournament had, like, all this fucking Battle of Alberta drama that wasn't drama, but, like, it's that, it's like that drama that you get from, like, friendship animosity, like, frenemy, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, in the finals, it was fucking Eric Chan, uh, who is not the Eric Chan from Calgary that I always think people are talking about when they talk about E-Chan. They're not. No. They're talking about uh, E-Chan from Edmonton. So there yeah, you have it. There's Mono two Asians in Toronto, two, two Asians in Alberta. So, uh, what, what, what? Team Mono Arby's versus Team Bus Drivers. Yes. The Calgary group that these guys are part of, they call themselves the Bus Drivers. They and do? And then the Edmonton crew is the, is, is the Arby's crew. Oh. It's like old jokingly team names from back in the day, but yeah, that, that's so, always Bus Drivers I have versus... no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the thing that was really cool was like, so... In the top eight, there were some Edmonton guys, and in the top eight, there were some Calgary guys. And then, you know, it all kind of boiled down. And then in the finals, it was, like, Tyler Blum, who everybody loves in Calgary, and like, nobody doesn't like that guy. And no. it was Echan, who also somehow everybody loves. And it was like, and he's from Edmonton, and Tyler's from Calgary, and there was all this kind of cool, like, you know, who do you root for? And then, like, why would you, and then all this stuff. And the match was, like, pretty interesting. And, yeah, it was pretty um, good. You know, and like the thing is too is on, on most of the cast that we did, there was pretty good magic. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of like just blatant plays that we didn't really like get or uh that were like super mistakes or things like that. Um, but it is really nerve wracking having to watch magic, knowing that uh like these people that are watching you play I mean watching you commentate are just gonna fucking shred you. Um when you make a mistake. That's fun. So, um, but yeah, no, it was super fun. I recommend anybody who can do it, does it. Um, cause I think, I think it's definitely worth it. Um, it's a super cool experience. So Marshall gave me some advice before I went in and it paid off and I had a really great time. I also gave you some advice, man. Uh, oh yeah. You said to take a big shit beforehand. <laughs> and I did. I did. <laughs> And also, I would Brian easy peasy easy peasy had to take a shit in like right after like round three or four or something, and uh, and he fucking had to shit in the dirty Legion bathroom, and it was like it was like a fucking it was dirty it was dirty as shit in there. I would never shit in that bathroom. Just FYI. I'm glad it worked out for you then. Yeah. Ticket ticket. So we were on Friday night. Yeah. We tangented. Yeah, so Friday night was, was fun. Uh, dinner was awesome. Hanging out with everybody was amazing. Uh, Andrew McGreeny. Uh, oh, yeah, that guy's insane. Guy's insane. Like, came up from New York literally, uh, like, just by himself to hang out, and it was it was amazing. He's, like, a super cool dude. Uh, I've been chatting with him on Facebook for, like, years, right? Like, in the part of the Commander crowd mm-hmm. and, and uh, Twitter and stuff. And just, like, super, super amazing guy. And... Yeah, all the people you mentioned that we met were super cool. The Flaming Sheep was uh, Brian's a really, really nice guy, and was so freaking pissed that I found out that he was from Toronto this weekend. <laughs> I'm like, how is this even a thing? So, <laughs> so uh, we had like a there was a roasted pig dinner. So there was like the full serving of pig on tap. It was it was great. Um, I didn't have any, but I understand it was delicious. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, 
and then, God, I guess we finally all got to sleep and then woke up Saturday to play the event. Um, so how how is your pool, KYT? What did you open up? Um, I like I I opened up Pronosis Sphinx and and a lot, it just saw a solid blue red deck. Um, I just had Sea God's Revenge, you know, and a bunch of solid uh, stuff. It wasn't like I didn't have a broken deck. I just had one of the better rares. Uh, as Jay would say, one of the best rares uh, I could possibly open in blue, which is like I don't know what what card I would want more than Prognostic Sphinx in a in blue. I mean, obviously I would want Nesting Ass, but yeah, yeah. No, your deck was really interesting. That it had like small removal spells. It had some bounce spells. It had a couple like early creatures with you know the ability to kind of suit them up a little bit. So it just, like, seemed like your game plan was going to be, you know, like, get two or three threats on the floor and play, like, you know, like, old standard Delver-style game where it's just, like, bounce and kind of push back his game plan, set his clock back far enough that you kind of, like, just win through it. And then, of course, you had, like, those end game like, really tough to deal with guys in the Prognostic Sphinx, and then you also had the Underworld Cerberus, which, you know, is unblockable a lot of the time. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I played the... I really liked your list. Yeah, I, I, I was scared that I misbuilt it um as i have most of my seals like i've talked about on this show how previously i'd show it to alex and he'd change a color or add a color or whatever whatnot and for this one there was basically one card like one card that he would have uh played differently and that was pretty sweet to know because it it was interesting because my my pool looked like it was going to be blue white because i had open celestial archon i opened the four six guy that when he attacks like for seven four six flyer for seven isn't that good uh for a four six fire because it doesn't really win you the game at, at seven mana but i think it's when he attacks you get an enchantment from your graveyard back to your hand yeah and um i had another uh sweet white rare that uh i can't really think of at the at the, at the moment but it was another sweet white rare so it was tough to to make that decision just to say that okay white is just not deep enough even with these three cards and uh i just went with the safer safer bet and uh went with blue red that was red was my only color that had three drops so i made the decision there and in this seal format you always want to be on the play because it's so it's so aggressive and uh X one X one was pretty happy to to do that. Alex like like um, like was able to maximize his pool because his deck was actually pretty bad. Um, it was even he himself honestly rated a four out of ten because he was playing Bronze Sable, like two copies of that. Oh god, which is the two one for two artifact. It's just like as vanilla as you can, just to fill up his playables. Like his deck was bad. And he probably, uh, I think he was X1 into the last round of day one, got in at X2, and and maybe just like was able to intimidate players by by his name or whatnot because that deck was not good. That's a and super was... huge factor in in lots of Magic. I find is like if you are if you're if you're um, a good player of any caliber, like bet obviously if, if I think you're better than me, then um, like the the mind games are definitely there. I think that's in any competitive basically environment, so I, I'm sure that um, Alex definitely was able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's always affected me in the past uh, where, I, where my record against pros were, was really poor, and I just assumed that they're going to crush me, and I let them crush me, so mm. um, 
I like Haynes deck was not good. Like I, I, I would have had confidence in beating him with the deck I had. And um, so he either faced shittier pools or was, you know, able to maximize his play skill against people that, that either had shit decks or were just like scared and didn't play optimally against him. So I was pretty, pretty surprised. Like I had my doubts. I had even had my doubts, even with his ability that he was able to make day two of that pile of trash. So, but I'm glad that he did. <laughs> Yeah, I watched him go through the build process, and it was really interesting for me to watch him go through it because he would sort of like he had all of his colors sorted out by playables, and then what he would do is he would just like lay out a color, and it was very clear that he had like one or two colors in mind for a base, and then like he'd lay that one out by curve, and then he would just like layer over, like lay over another color and see what it looked like, and then take it back, and then lay over another color and then take it back. Is and that then, not how people build in Toronto? Maybe. It's just not how I've ever done it, just oh. because, like, I'm fucking terrible. So it was really sweet for me to just, like, watch him go through it. I wasn't asking any questions, because I mean, he looked very intently doing what he was sure, doing, but I said yeah. to him, and I said, I said, I'm learning a whole hell of a lot just, like, sitting here watching you, so don't mind me. And he's like, no, it's totally cool, and it was good. But it was really interesting to watch. I, I learned a bit, so. Um, so we finally got ourselves through the day, and we ended up getting back to the hotel. Uh, we... we <laughs> So, funny story, um, it's a little-known fact that if you ask somebody that's native to Montreal how far away anything is, and they say it's a block... <laughs> get a cab. Okay, get a cab, because the block is actually like one, a, a, an actual measured 1.8 kilometers. What the fuck? Okay, so, <laughs> so, Mark, so what here's... What the fuck, KYT? No, no, oh, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even KYT. It wasn't KYT. I know what a block is. Yeah. So, the so, block Quebecois. so there's a pile of us, there's, there's a pile of us that are looking to go out for dinner on Saturday, right? We scrubbed out of the main event, they scrubbed out of the main event, it was like, uh, Marcel and, uh, and Frankie and like a whole pile of us, anyways, I don't think Frankie was with us, but it was like Marcel, Slick, uh, Maddie. And, like, um, Ryan was there with us, Ryan Bouchard uh, from Gathering Magic. It was, like, all of the, uh, all of the uh, Brainstorm guys except for Jason that had come. So we're all looking to go out. We, we stop and, and we, we meet for a quick drink at uh, the hotel because the hotel gave us, like, two free drinks between five and seven every day. And a uh, baller. So in addition to the absurd breakfast. So we went and, uh, and we were like, okay, well, where are we going to go and eat? And so Martin, uh, who is who is like our guide, um, the best think, awesome dude in the world. Awesome, yeah, huge, like amazing, awesome guy. Uh, was a great guide and, and and helpful as all hell. Was like, okay, so we're gonna go get barbecue, and we're like, okay, well, how far away is it? It's like, oh, it's just a short walk. It's not that far, like a few blocks or whatever. And we're like, okay, fine. So, so we all start walking. We take the underground. So it's basically like the subway system, except that it's it's like from station to station to station, but it's like all, it's just like this underground walkway. So we're walking across town and it's fucking long. And we're like, how long is it? And we finally come up above ground and we're like, we're here. Right. And he's like, no, no, just still a little bit more. We fucking walked for like 40 <laughs> fucking minutes. I'm like, Oh my God, this is such bullshit. How much far? Anyway, so he, he, he pleases me by telling me that we're going to Bowfinger for dinner. And I like had this like small fucking heart attack and I'm like doing a gypsy jig and all that sort of shit. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Um, and we find out that Bowfinger is closed. We get to the location and it's physically shut down like for bankruptcy. And I'm like, no, like beating on the door. And it was really terrible. Uh, so finally we're like, well, fuck, where are we going to go now? 
And so Martin goes, well, there's the keg right over there. And I'm like, define right over there. He's like, oh, it's on that building. Specifically which building? Because <laughs> it was just like, how much further are we going to walk? Poor Ryan is just like hobbling along. We're like, oh, my God, man, are you dead yet? So we end up getting to the keg. We walk another uh, just around the corner, which is uh, another 15 minutes, in case you were wondering. Just around the Jesus corner. Christ. So we finally get to the keg, and we get in there, and they're like, so, how many are you? And we're like, nine. And they're like, nine. We're like, yep. Like, okay, no problem. Would you like to wait at the bar? We're like, yep. So we get to the bar. We all order a drink, and we're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And we're waiting an hour. An hour at the bar for a table. We've had one drink. Is it busy as shit in there, or are they just like... They had two cooks and didn't want to fucking seat you. It was busy. There was one group of old fucks that was sitting at a table, and it was like the table that seats nine. Typical. And we're like, how long is it? And they said, well, you know, like, we've just served them dessert, so, I mean, we're, we, don't, we don't push them out. This is when we got there. They're like, oh, we just served them dessert, but, you know, we don't push anyone out, but, I mean, like, what, how much are they going to do with that dessert? We're like, yeah, we'll go to the bar. It'll be half hour tops, whatever, sure. So it's like 45 minutes in that we've been waiting. And finally, we're just like, so what's going on? And they're like, well, we, they, we've given them the check already. I just, you know, we're just waiting to leave. And so I walk around and I'm like, which table is it? And they go, yeah, it's that one right there. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I like stand out, like I stand on the outskirts, staring directly at the table, no more than five, six feet away from the table, just like looking at everybody. Nobody's paying any attention. I'm like, all right. So I go back and I say to Marcel and the guys, I'm like, so... There's one table that has their bill, and they just refuse to leave. They are the ones that are holding us back from food. And they're like, where is this table? <laughs> Those people, right there. Anyway, so sure enough, we ask them if they're going to leave, and they're like, yeah, 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 we'll just be another half hour more. Or what the fuck? They're, they're like, no, just another 15 minutes. See, Toronto is the New York of the Canada. This is, this is not Toronto. This is Montreal. All this, right, that's fair. Are they French? I don't even know. So I was just like, I'm not going over there because I just bitched at the maitre d', so I'm not going to go and bitch at the table. So anyway, so sure enough, they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's just going to be another 15 minutes. So Marcel comes back. He's like, yeah, they said they're going to be another 15 minutes. And then I, I think it was Martin said, yeah, they said that like a half an hour ago, too. And we're all like, fuck, what? I'm like, that's it. And so a bunch of them go out to have a smoke. And I'm standing, with her, standing there with Martin. He's like, you know, there's a done smoke meet, like literally 10 minutes away from here. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, go just s- another 10 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, go sell it. Like, go outside, sell the guys on it, and we'll leave. He's like, yeah. I'm like, go. So they go out. He comes back, like, just a second later. He's nodding. I'm like, all right. So I go, and I'm, like, full on. So I go, and I take the pager that I've got, and I return it to the serv- to the, the hostess. And I'm like, we're not waiting anymore. This is absolute This is absolute ridiculousness. We're leaving. Um, Where's your manager? So the manager comes over, and I said, look, I just want you to know that I understand very clearly that it's your company policy that you're not going to force people out, uh, you know, if they want to sit and enjoy after they've paid their bill, fine. And if that's your policy, then that's up to you. But I just want you to know that there's approximately $1,700 worth of potential revenue that you are missing out on tonight because you had us sitting at the bar for an hour when you refused to politely ask these people if they would be kind enough to leave or to free up the table for other people. So perhaps you need to really rethink your policies because you're missing out on an opportunity and he's like well the table's freeing up right now i'm like perhaps a half an hour ago that would have made a difference and we left so i like i just that was it like you guys are fucking ass clowns i'm done with you 
So sure enough, it's fucking blizzarding outside by the time we go outside. So we now have to walk through the snow, and we walk, what actually, not 10 minutes, probably 15, again, <laughs> to fucking Dunn's. Now, it was sweet, because we get into Dunn's, and we all sit down, and, we're, and I'm like, nine. They're like, no problem. They clean off some tables, they put us in, and that's it. Pictures come quickly, the food was great, so we had, like, pile of us had smoked meat plates, some with poutine, some without, stacks of bread, pickles, meat, it was just amazing. It was amazing. We played fucking, so on the tables, there's snakes and ladders and other games and stuff that, like, sit underneath. That's fucking sweet. So we pulled out our fucking phones and we're rolling dice and we're all like, I'm the, I'm the sweet in your pack, you're the salt, you're the sugar, you're the fucking whatever, and, like, we played, six of us all around the table played snakes and ladders while we were waiting for pictures. It was awesome. It was awesome. Food came, it was absurd, and then I had to hop a cab and get back to the location real quick so that we could I get ready, and then we could go to the venue, and we could get things started. So we show up to the venue at, like, 10.30, maybe? No, it was, like, almost 11, right? I think it's just almost 11, because that was part of the issue with bottle service. So we show up, and we're like, sweet, bottle service. Bottle us! So we get, like, three bottles. <laughs> There's, like, three bottles on the bar. We're like, this is the shit. Uh, place was swank. Spruik's going off the chain. Yeah. It was, it was like, place was pimp. He was amazing. And, uh, the only problem we had was that he could only spin until midnight just because the bar was like being real fucking pricks about it. A guy who was super accommodating as all hell during the actual, uh, like negotiation process and then get there. And he's just this pretentious asshole. Like you fucking dickwad. Anyways, he asked me for feedback the next day via telephone. And I said, you probably don't want feedback from me on this event. <laughs> so you should yeah. give him feedback on Yelp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, that's a good idea. That's I a big that. adult do. So that's a good idea. So, anyways, yeah. Um, they ended up holding a bunch of people at the door. They wouldn't let people in. Yeah, um, for a bit. Yeah, and then like, and we, then we they got were... in like just after Spruik like finished. Like we were outside. I was outside for about half an hour. I know that like, Marcel and them were outside for about forty five minutes before they left. Yeah. What a bunch of ball jobs. So we had a lot of people that left that unfortunately missed out on the party. Everyone that stayed had an absolute blast ride and a half. Um, there was a lot of people that were just hammered. Poor Kelly was hammered. Um, <laughs> he was beyond hammered. Yeah, yeah, he had to be taken home. So interesting factoid about this evening, though, is that up till about... So... <laughs> We're going to reach a point in this story where it'll be the first time Jeremy has actually heard it. Okay, yes. great. Oh, God. Um, I am a part of it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. And, and then, like, a embargo on me finding out. Yeah. Okay, great. We, we've expressly decided not to allow Jeremy to understand what happened this evening until I tell him live on the show. So we get, you get to hear all about it. Yeah. All right. So so we end up getting their bottle service, and then Slick and Motika and those guys, they, they get in late. So uh, they order a bottle, and so he gets a bottle of, of uh, Bombay Sapphire, which is, like, very good gin. And so he pours about three, four drinks out of it, and then, I guess, hands it to somebody or turns around or whatever, and Tony knocks it over. Like, takes it out of his hand, it hits the floor, and all I hear is... It's like a two hundred and twenty dollar bottle that just hit the floor oh with like three God. drinks out of it. Ugh. Heartbreaking. Fucking KYT had Jeremy already left. Typical fucking. It wasn't Jeremy that did it. Oh. It wasn't Jeremy that did it. It was it was Tony that did it. Fucking Tony. 
fucking Tony. Awesome every day on Twitter. He's the guy with the heavy meta tattoo. Like the one on his oh chest. Oh my god. Yeah. So, anyways. So they sorted out. Slick gets another bottle. And, like, by this time, the rest of us had finished our bottles. And so we're kind of, like, sitting around. Well, this is cool. Spruik's done. Music is good. But, like, it's, like, 1 o'clock. What are we doing here? Like, one thirty, right? Like, let, let's get this show on the road. So they just said, well, if that's the case, we're going to go out somewhere else. Let's finish this bottle. So Slick starts pouring drinks. I have one out of it. He's pouring left, right, and center. One of the more generous recipients of said gener- of, of set donations was our very own Jeremy Schofield. I remember t- picking up one of those glasses, and he filled it to the top. So I thought it was like a big shot glass, and I just threw it back. There was no mix. And I got some more. This was in? This, yes, this was oh a high. My this God, this so was a highball with filthy. ice. That's so fucking filthy. I mean, it was good that, gin. That's one of my things. Like that's that's one of my things. Is gin? I can just like water. Yeah, it's it's as long as it's good gin. Bar bar gin is shit. But like this was yeah. good gin. It's like silk. So, uh, so he and Slick go like basically glass for glass and highballs with ice. Uh, for about two, maybe three. Um, but suffice to say, the bottle gets finished quite quickly. So yeah, that's that... where things start to fade out for me. <laughs> so, so a bunch of people decide they're heading home. We decide we're going out for one more drink because Frankie suggests, hey, let's go to this scotch bar called Ennui or Ennui or something. And uh, I'm like, well, how far away is it? He's like, eh, it's just a couple blocks, short distance. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, is it a short distance? Is it like two blocks, like a Martin two blocks? Or is it like two blocks? He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's short distance right around the corner. I'm like, okay. I'm like, scotch bar would be nice. I know Jer likes scotch. I don't like scotch, but I mean, let's go out and let's let Jer have a scotch. So I throw Jer into my arm, and we're all like lovey-dovey, and we start to leave, and I'm just like, bro, this is such a good time. Oh my god, this is amazing. And we start, you know, just talking about stuff, and I realize that he's getting a little little swervy, you know? So I'm like still walking with my arm <laughs> over him, because I want to make sure that he doesn't fall into traffic. Um... <laughs> Or, like, hurt himself or whatever, right? Or other people and stuff. So I'm like, all right, so that's no problem. And we're having, like, he's giving us some real nice heart-to-hearts, you know? And, I mean, like, I won't won't humiliate him with with what he said to me, so I'll just, like, keep all that between us girls. But um, it was... Come on. Come back, story. No, it was great. It was great. Jeremy, uh, you know, Jeremy really appreciates his lot with us at the A-Team and uh, and is really glad that we're all so tight. So it was was really good. Um, that's, that's the, I've heard of this. <laughs> that's the abridged version and, uh, and we'll leave the rest of it off to the side. But, uh, but yeah, so, and I realize not only are we walking fucking forever again, cause it, this it is where I realized, like holy shit, we, I'm not wearing a coat. Like I have no jacket on. Okay. I have a sweater and a fucking dress shirt and that is it. Like I am freezing my fucking tits off. This is retarded. And it's like, it was snowing earlier. Remember? So I'm like, just around the corner of my ass. He's like, no, no, just a little further, just a little further. 20 fucking minutes later, we finally get to the place. And I'm like, oh my God. So what I don't realize is that halfway through, I have like, I have my arm around Jeremy. I'm helping him to keep out of traffic. But I realize partway through that I'm actually carrying him. <laughs> At some point, he almost stops walking of his own volition and just starts kind of sequentially throwing one foot in front of the other. Um, which was not really walking. So we finally get to this place. And I mean, you've seen all the things in New York, right? Where there's like, 
like upper and lowers. There's still sort of like the first floor thing, but you know, maybe you go down a down a half set of stairs to walk into the place or you go up a half set of stairs to get into the place. Well, of course, when you get to the Scotch bar, it's up a half set of concrete stairs. Very steep, very narrow. So we get Jer up the stairs and get him sitting down. Finally starting to warm up. I guess he and Slick and whoever it is, they all order like $25 scotches or whatever. I'm like, give me a half pint of Guinness and I'm going to go take a piss. So I go and take a leak and, you know, we sit down and, you know, I have like two sips maybe out of my out of my Guinness. I sit down and, and Jer gets up to go to the bathroom. And so I'm just sitting there enjoying my drink, having some conversation. And then Martin comes around the corner. And I get the very familiar, uh, Scotty, I, uh, I need your help with Jeremy. And I'm like, I'm like instant flashback to Jay's bachelor party where Jeff Foster comes screaming out. And he's like, I can't do it. I fucking can't do it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh God, please no. Oh God. Okay. So I put the beer down and I like straighten my clothes and I take a deep breath and I stroll into the bathroom. Now, what you have to understand about this bathroom is it's not very large. Uh, it's very, it's, it's wide, but it's very shallow. So you walk in, and the bathroom basically extends to the right, where there are two, stall, uh, two urinals on that wall immediately on your right. And then the stalls are directly opposite the urinals. There's two stalls. Uh, the sinks, of course, then, are sort of directly in front of you to your left. And that's where the sort of, like, more open area is. So I walk in, and I look over. And all I can see are two hands on top of the wall facing in towards the sinks. So it's like Jer's not facing over the toilet. He's sort of facing the sinks from inside the, the, um, the, inside. the toilet hutch, whatever the fuck, the, the stall, the stall. The stall, the toilet the stall, hutch. The toilet, the toilet hutch. <laughs> So uh, the old toilet, the hutch. old toilet hutch. So I, so I walk in and I'm like, "Wow, Jer, what are you doing, man?" Oh, Scotty, <laughs> I think I drank too much. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you probably did. That gin probably didn't do it for you." Eh? No. Okay. So, uh, so it's listen. My bachelor party. So listen, buddy. I'm uh, now realize you have to understand. So I walk in. And he's got his hands, like I open the door, he's got his hands, he's like hanging off the top of the stall wall, okay? <laughs> he's got almost his ass in the wall on the other side, his feet are like spread out on the floor, like he's just like, he's like barely holding himself up. Now, this, you should note that he's not remotely over the toilet. <laughs> so it's Is this behind me? The toilet is basically on your right. So if okay. you can imagine, the door to the stall is on your left. The toilet's on your right, and okay. then and you are like, I'm like you're, grinding you're the side, toilet paper. You're grinding the you're grinding the <laughs> toilet paper wall. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Oh my god! So, <laughs> so then I go, all right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll get us a cab. I'll we'll pay for our drinks, and we'll go. And then you're like, no, oh, Scotty, mm, oh, I don't feel so well. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh man, are you gonna be sick? And you're like, nah. I'm like, okay, well, turn around, Jerry. I'm like, turn around. You're not even near the toilet. And I, like, reach out, and I try to put my hand on you, and all of a sudden, you're just like... 
and it's like on the floor, and it hits the floor. It's like nowhere near the toilet. Oh it hits God. the floor. And like, thankfully, Jer hadn't had so much to eat, so thankfully most of it was liquid. But like, I, I skipped dinner just to add some uh, fun to this tale because you don't really get like <laughs> dinner breaks or anything. So. The same story. It's very, it's very, very apparent that Jeremy had had like a bagel or something or like some sort of bread sandwich thing over lunch, and so it like hits the floor and it has this like geyser like splashback effect because it's all fluid. Oh my god! <laughs> and so like I see it coming and I'm able to like step back just enough, and as I look down. He's just puking, and this this puddle starts forming, and it just starts like flowing out, and like you can see it kind of like emanating. I took a step back, and it's like the, with the door shut, you can see this puddle of vomit sort of leaking underneath the do- underneath the door towards the sinks, around by this by the urinals, and I'm just like, oh my god. So I go, okay, Jer, I'm gonna go get a mop. Don't move. You're like, all right. So I go and find the servers, and I get a mop, and they get a bucket, and they've got this stuff that's like kitty litter, I guess, that's designed to pick up puke, yep. and so they pour a whole pile of it all over the floor. And Yeah, watch. Martin was very impressed the next day. He's like, did you remember the powder? I'm like, I don't remember anything. He's like, yeah. the powder was amazing. Yeah, so it soaked, up, it soaked it up really quick, and they basically just like swept it up, and it was done. But, um, like I seem, yeah, so, so then the next mission is, well, how do we get him out of here? And so Martin and I are like, how are we going to do this? So I'm like, okay, Jerry, we got to go get a cab. And so I go to, to like, take your, like, get underneath your arm or your shoulder, and I get the fucking rhino whale. Like, identical, <laughs> identical. I think it's a cat. I think it's got to be, like, an, a West Coast thing or, like, a prairie thing. I think Bush thing. was my spirit animal that Honestly, night. you channeled it because it was precisely the same sound. I was like, you're like, Mah! And I was uh, like, oh, what are we even doing here? That's so, too fucking good. So finally, like, like Martin comes and he's like, well, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get it? He's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a cab. And you can, like, look. And I'm like, I'm going to stand here because if he falls, he's fucking going to kill himself. Like, <laughs> like, A, I don't want him to fall in this whatever's left over a puke. And B, if he hits his head, like, forget it. He's like, no, no, you're right, you're right. So Slick comes in. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, so what are we doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, can you do me a favor? I'm going to stand here with him. Can you stand outside the bathroom and keep an eye on Martin? And then he's going to get a cab. And when he flags down the cab, then let me know and we'll take him out. He's like, yeah, sweet. It's like an operation. And I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> so Slick had had a few, obviously. Yeah. So so sure enough, cab comes. Slick comes running in. He's like, all right, the cab's here. The cab's here. Let's go. And so I try to move you. And then once again, the rhino comes to bear. <laughs> And just, you're having none of it. So I go and I get you a, a big fucking garbage bag. And, like, big green garbage bag. I'm like, all right, Jared. And I put it under you. And, like, get you out of the stall long enough. But, like, as we're about to start moving you, some guy walks in. And he starts to, like, he literally unzips his pants. Puts his hands in his <laughs> pants like he's about to pull out his junk and take a leak. Um, in in wow. the literal adjacent urinal. And I look at him and I'm like... If you can wait a minute, you probably want to. And he looks over at Jer and goes, hmm. Keeps his hands in his pants and just kind of takes a step back towards the sink. <laughs> like, all right, buddy. So Slick comes to grab the other side, and, like, he gets underneath him on, one, on Jer on one side. I get underneath, underneath Jer on the other. I'm holding the bag in front of his face, and we realize that he's not actually walking. 
So we're actually just dragging him out of the bar. His feet are dragging by the toes, like, along the floor. Like, we realize there's a step. Both of us have to lift him up. Dragging him across. Finally, we get to the front door, and we open the door, and then we realize that we're fucked. Why? Because we have the half step of extremely narrow stairs. Like, oh my god. So so T so Spike Mo from Twitch, uh, T Moles. Yeah. Awesome dude as well that we met. Guy's yeah, fucking absolutely. sweet. He was super yes. awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. So so he brought him down and he actually was gonna come with me. So he's like, Scott, you're going to the hotel? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, I'll come with you. I'm like, Great. Super. So he stood down at the bottom of the stairs and I tried to, and like I tried to be underneath you and then and then like Slick was trying to above you to make sure you didn't like fall backwards. And basically, like we kind of, we kind of human centipeded you down the stairs, <laughs> and then and then got you into the cab, and like we put you in the cab, and then Timo sits on the other side. We give you the bag so that you can like put your face in it, and I hop into the cab. Timo's in the back, like trying to you know just looking after you, and I'm like, okay. So I tell the guy we need to go to the hotel. Now it's interesting because I don't know how much French you actually know. Uh, I, I took. Yep. For five years of a French immersion. Oh, okay, okay. Well, all of that. But that's... I don't know any. Like all I don't know. Memory. Maybe in like that state, like you unlock like my memories of French. But uh huh. Yeah, because it must be a Scotty thing. I think he just brings it out. You you literally like you were speaking in French tongues. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was like you were just babbling, like babbling crazy talk. It would have been the same thing as if you're drunk, and you're like, nah, yeah, and then I, and rah, right? But like, but it was all in French. It was like, it was all in French. I like could not believe how much French was coming out of your mouth. It was so funny. And I just look at the, t- I look at the cab driver and I'm like, thank you. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I really appreciate you taking this ride and being patient with us. I said, normally in Toronto, like where I'm from, these sorts of rides would just straight up be refused. So. You know, I really appreciate it. He's like, yeah, man, no problem. I'm like, he's he's got an enormous bag. I don't think he's gonna puke. He's got every, he's got nothing left in him, but he has an enormous bag in front of him. If he does, he's like, all right. So we get you to the hotel, and like, Spikeball helps me carry you in and out of the out of the cab because that's an ordeal unto itself. And so we get you, and I have you sort of like again. I'm carrying you on, you know, uh, I'm under your armpit, carrying you in. And the nighttime staff just look at me and just smile and shake their head. And I just shrug <laughs> and shake my head. <laughs> Timos gets the elevator. I get you in the elevator. We head upstairs and, and I get you to our door. And I have to like prop you up against the wall so that you don't fall over. I get us into the room and I just like, we get you straight to the bathroom. And so the bathroom's in on the left. Uh, I think you only hit the door frame on the way in, so that's okay. great. Um, and I think it was just like a like a fall into it shoulder. I don't think you actually struck your head. I hope so. Um, we get you to the toilet, and of course this time I have the foresight to orient you properly. So we put your hands in exactly the same position as you had them in the bar, but this time you've got them on the little cupboard that's in front of the toilet. So if you happen to vomit, that's where it's going to go. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, all right, Jer, how you feeling? And you're like, mm, oh, Scotty, I'm not so good. I'm like, I know. I said, all right, Jer, let's let's get these. You're like, I want to take my boots off. I'm like, okay, let's get these boots off. 
And I look down, and I don't realize it at the time. But I, so I take the boots off, and he's wearing his like high zippered, like crazy boots. So I have to like the zipper goes deep. Got to really give her to try to get him off. It was it was quite the chore to not only support him while I'm trying to take his boots off, but like trying. I got to like yank on these fucking things and make him not fall over. So it was just insane. Finally, we get the boots off. I throw them at the fr- throw them at the front door, and then I'm like, okay, so. Want some Tylenol? You're like, no. Want some water? And you're like spitting in the toilet. I'm like, obviously uh, not. Okay. I can no sir Tylenol? Yeah. Tylenol is like my secret weapon. Like, you, I always you absolutely Tylenol. would not take it. So so then I'm like, all right, Jay, so let's get you ready for bed. And you're like, okay. So I start to undress you. And I take your shirt off. And I'm like, yeah. okay, Jay, let's get you undressed. <laughs> and you're like, And you're like, okay. And so I get your shirt off. And I'm like, okay. Now I'm going to take your pants off. And you're like, okay. And I said, and I, and I promise I'm not going to touch your junk. And you go, it's okay, Scotty. You can touch my junk if you want to. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. Any junk touching will be completely accidental. And so I undo your belt and I take your pants off and I get you to step out of them. And I'm like, okay, so are you ready for bed? And you're like, yeah, yeah, bed. I'm like, okay. So I, I have to, so I'm in this strange situation where you don't actually have control of yourself from a support standpoint. Now, thankfully, Jer and I had a discussion very early in our roommateship where I asked him very simply, I'm like, would you like the bathroom set the bed or would you like the window bed? And so he opted after much deliberation for the bathroom bed. Thankfully, he opted for the bathroom bed. We found ourselves in about an eight and a half foot run that I had to find some way to get him, turn him 90 degrees and move him from the toilet to put him on his bed. So I practically put my hands under his armpits and just lifted him up and fucking ran. I like spear him onto the bed. And he just like, it's like he hits the bed with his, with his right shoulder and just like slides into it and didn't fucking move. Did not move. It was like he was instantly unconscious the second I hit, second he hit the bed. <laughs> so I pull the blanket over top of him, and I'm like, "Good night, chair." And you're like, <laughs> "And that's all I heard." So that that was Jair's night at the bar. Yeah, and then I I, I kind of remember what happened after that, but <laughs> that's that's where it starts to come back. Yeah. So that was that was Jeremy's night out. That was my night out. So apparently. Oh, yeah. So, so what's interesting is now I can say on record that two of you, I have been responsible for tending for you and caused you to miss day two of a Grand Prix. <laughs> and rhinos. And rhinos. So apparently part of my bucket list now is KYT and Kyle. And then I can tell you, I can tell everyone that I have literally dadded all of them. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Scotty. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, but that's I, what I had heard about that story um i apparently was discussing the referendum with martin this was a thing i don't remember yeah i don't remember that i thought he might have been in the cab with us i love this um and the there's a diagram of yeah. what you tried to describe in the bathroom yeah. that i kind of saw and i was like okay i don't think i'm supposed to be looking at this uh but maybe we can get a, a link of that up on the show notes or yeah something. i'm sure i'm sure i'll get i'll get marcel or maddie to send it over so it was funny because like i came down for breakfast the next day so, okay, so I wake up in the morning, and, and like, it, we had set an alarm. Like, Jared told me, you know, yeah, I got to be out of there by 8.45. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll set an alarm for, like, 8.30 just in case. No, I have to be up by 8.45. I'm like, okay. 
So I set an alarm for 8.30 just in case. And so it goes off at 8.30, and I, like, it goes off in the morning. And I was sleeping on my arm, and so my hand's asleep. And so I have to, like, reach down to get the phone. I, like, realize what's happening. I, like, wake up with a start. I'm, like, half awake, freaking out, reaching to try to grab my phone. And it's, like, my fingers are asleep. My whole hand's asleep. So it's, like, I'm, I'm like, hitting my phone like I have cerebral palsy. I'm, like, hey, why won't you pick up? It was terrible. So finally I get it in my hand, and I'm, like, okay. So I, I turn off the alarm, and I'm, like, Jared, Jared, you got to get up. He's, like, what? Uh. I'm, like, it's 8.30. What? <laughs> Fucking, like, jumps out of bed. I'm like, what? What? You said you had to be you had to be like up by eight forty five. You're like, I'd be on site at eight forty five. I go to pick up my pants, Scott, he's like, You don't wanna wear those. Oh yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah. So I go and I grab a pair of jeans and I throw them on and I'm wasted at this point. Like I am drunk still. Like I, I am one hundred percent still drunk. So I get that on, I get the judge shirt on. Throw some deodorant. Scotty was nice enough to go and get a toothbrush ready for me. That's <laughs> right, I did do that. So I sit there and I brush my teeth. And then I go and I get towards the kitchen. And as soon as I get to the kitchen, I start dry heaving over the sink. I don't know if you caught that, Scotty. No, so I'm just dry heaving. And then uh, <laughs> I sat down and I went and I sat on the couch. And I sat on the couch for like what felt like forever. But I think it was only a couple minutes. And you're like, are you all right? Because you saw me on the couch. So I realize at this point in time. <laughs> That it has taken Jeremy nine minutes to accomplish these things, okay? <laughs> and I look over, and I'm, like, just checking Twitter and emails and making sure everyone else is alive, and there's no other casualties and whatnot. And, you know, and I, I look up, and I see Jer sitting on the couch, and it's like he's holding his elbows above his head. Like, his hands are <laughs> touching each elbow. And he's created a cradle for his head, and he's sleeping in his own arms <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you going? Like, are you okay? And no, I'm I'm gonna need a couple more minutes. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> so you take a couple more minutes, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm getting up. I'm gonna breakfast. Like, this is a thing. We're so I get up and I jump in the shower, and I come out and he's he's in bed. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So you're not gonna go? Like, no. Do you have an alarm set? Yeah. What time? Ten thirty. Okay, so I'll just let you sleep. I'll let everyone know you're still alive. And if anyone asks, you're just not up to it. Okay, Scotty, thanks, man. Once again, I wrap you up in blankets. And I get down for breakfast. So I get down for breakfast. And Maddie's sitting there. And he's like, oh, my God, what the fuck happened last night? (laughs) And so I'm trying to tell him and I'm trying to explain this to him. And he's just not getting it, like, just not getting it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just pull out the chalkboard. So I'm like, do you have a pen? So sure enough, he's got a pen, and Marcel comes over. Marcel comes over, he's got the pen, and someone else is sitting there, too. I think it was Magrini, and he's sitting there, and they're basically listening to me tell the story. And as I'm telling the story, I'm drawing the diagram. And so it's funny, because I, like, draw the layout of the bathroom, and I, like, orient you, and then I'm telling the story, and then all of a sudden, when I get to the point where I talk about the puke pooling, I get to draw the pool on the floor around (laughs) and everyone just fucking dies. And I'm like, but the funniest part is when it splashed back. And then I'm drawing this picture of like puking the floor. And then the geyser effect going like four feet off the play was just ridiculous. Right. So that's where the diagram comes from. And it was, it was quite entertaining over morning breakfast. So beautiful. Yeah. So KYT, you actually ended up uh, leaving early, right? You dropped your pretty girlfriend off at home. Who yeah. I tried really hard to get drunk for you, by the way. Well, she was 
I don't know. She was feeling. She was feeling me. So you, you must have done something. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. All it took were three vodka crans. All right. <laughs> so anyway, so you ended up uh, getting there on time. Um. So I, for me, I because because the event ended so late. Um, I went because I didn't want to. I obviously wanted to be present for all the events that uh, we organized together. And so right when it ended, I went straight uh, back to the hotels and meet you guys to, to head for the club. And I uh, didn't have dinner, whereas like other people decided to not go to the party because they were fucking hungry. So I decided to battle it out. Uh, Went to the couple with my girlfriend. She loved it. She loved Spruik. So thanks again, Spruik. You were actually awesome. And I wish other people had a chance to hear you because, it, like, I was loving it. And even my girlfriend was like weird. It's like it's like a new, it's like a new KYT that she's not used to. Apparently, is what she said to me. And uh, but I had to walk her home. She she promised her parents that she uh, would meet them at a subway station at a little bit close to one-ish so I had to get her there and I was really hungry so I ended up like going to Banquis by myself the famous uh, poutine place and just like gobbled a, a large size uh, T-Rex nice and uh, went back to the hotel uh, was ready for bed expecting you know Kenji to be asleep I come in and he's actually up he's like whoa and he starts talking to me as if, as if I came back at like 7 a.m. in the morning. Like as if, so for some, I'm like, yo, dude, it's, it's 2 a.m. I, I, you know, it's, it's not the next morning. Then he just like, whoa, don't talk, <laughs> don't talk to me. Like he's like delusional or something. He's like, whoa, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. He just sits there like frozen. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like, are you okay, man? Like, I'm the one who hasn't slept yet. So, and and I'm the one who drank a lot. So, hello. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> but the alcohol always helps me sleep. So, was able to sleep, and you know, both Kenji and I made day two. So, so we got up for that, and uh, you know, despite you yeah, yeah, we both did well. We both went uh, X and three, and despite. Um, partying i still had the energy to to do well like i hadn't drafted this i honestly haven't drafted the set maybe one time online so it was i was gonna try to wing it and just pick cards that i felt were good and and i looked quickly like here's the quick prep i did i look at frank carlston's article his two articles where he just basically does an, a pick order of every single card in Born of the Gods and just red. And he also put some quick tips about how he felt red was the worst color, how, you know, white's the best Born of the Gods color. Just reading, that's all the prep I did, which was like the night uh, before talking to Kenji for five minutes while he was in his day state and the morning of going through those articles. Um, so I sat down, draft, uh, had no clue what I was doing. I was in, the only person that, I knew in my pod was Zach Hill. Everyone else was uh, actually Gushadi was was in my pod, and I faced him in round one. But I had no clue what I was doing. But late, Gushadi's to my right, and pack three, I get like pick three, I get a whip of Erebos. I'm like, okay, what? I sort I'm sort of in black, 
So, but I'm, I'm deep green, but I could be green, white, or green, black. So he passes me a whip, pick three. And then pick four, I see another whip. I'm like, what? And so I slam that, and then I start, you know, slamming every single good black card that Gashani's just passing me, because he ends up being in uh, blue-white. So that was sweet. So it, my deck was just insane. I had uh, Nemesis Immortals. I had um, the Ravager in, in the new set, like 6-6. Six, six. Fight a dude, or it becomes a 12-12. And I was able to finally get Does over that the Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's solid. Um, and I was able to finally get over the hump of, of beating people that I know and not being, like, afraid or intimidated by them. Because Zach Hill, like, people might, now might know him as a commentator, but he did top eight a Pro Tour uh, before. And I played against him in round two of our draft and was able to, you know, the Ravager was a 12-12. My Nemesis Immortals was a 10-10. And we were, like, in a, in a, in a standstill. And then he has, like, uh, Polish the Crusher or whatever, and some dudes, so we can't... Neither of us could really attack into each other because the crackback would be too dominant, but then I, I rip a whip of Erebus, slam it, attack, gain 22 life, go, and he's like, fuck! <laughs> so that was sweet. Um, whip did a lot of work, and I, I'm sad I couldn't win the draft because I think I had the deck to do so. I played against uh, Red... I lost against the Red-Black Minotaur's deck, it was a bit too fast. I didn't draw my whip in any of my games against him, and he was able to to use his aggression to kill me and put me at X and two in the first draft. Uh, after the first draft, so heading into pod two, um, there are more no names in, in in the pod. I was also in the same pod as Alex Magelaton, famous superstar affinity player, and. Um, was also in the secondary feature match for round one. And then once again, I drafted a green-black deck. And once again, it formalized really in the last pack. Um, I was lucky to be able to get a Reaper. I opened a Reaper or got past one. And it was just another... I had Nessium Asp. I had other green like green dudes that were solid. So it was another green good stuff deck, green black good stuff deck, but I lost again to an aggressive deck in the first round, which was like the red blue deck. But this guy wasn't like, there weren't good cards, Jay. They were like one, one for ones, two, one tramplers for two. And he just jammed infinite. And I just couldn't, I like one, there was one game I was probably stuck on land. I think I just couldn't deal with the speed. And I'm like, these cards aren't even, like, top picks, and he's just crushing me. So, lost to that guy. Faced Alex Magelton in round two. Beat him, so I was really happy to be 2-0 against known or ex-pros. And in the last round, you know, uh, my opponent was a friend of Alex Bianchi and Matt. Um, but... Uh, Kai Burnett, and he obviously wanted the pro points, because apparently he's like four or five away from hitting silver. And I'm pretty far away from hitting silver. Um, but I am close, according to Alex, according to Hayne, if I do queue for a Pro Tour. If I qualify for a PTQ, do somewhat reasonable, and do well again at a GP, it's not unreasonable for me to hit silver. So Kai was giving me the whole, you know, 
I don't care about the money, just throwing it out there, right? Just, I don't care about the money. But to me, I'm like, ah, I haven't drawn in the last round in a while, actually, because um, I had to play my last round in Vancouver, and I think I, I played, I declined a draw in Providence. I ended up fifth in Providence. Um, as a team, we declined the draw. So here, I'm just like, mm, I just, maybe the extra pull point might help. And the most important reason for me was still, I just want to put myself in positions of high pressure. High pressure, we're like, it's a big deal whether I win or lose. Uh, it's like a $100 difference. It's like two pro points difference. And I just wanted to play, and I ended up winning. So uh, that definitely felt good. Uh, on the other hand, Kenji was in a win and in, and he was featured the whole draft. Like his draft was featured, and his three rounds after were featured. Wow. He won the first two, but sadly was maybe even up a game or not in the, in the last round and uh, lost, lost his game three and his, his hopes uh, of making the Pro Tour were just gone, just like mine. So I finished in 12th and uh, he finished in 19th. So great finish all around, but uh, neither of us uh, are qualified. But I, I'm pretty proud of my performance to go back-to-back top 16s. It's it's probably something that, you know, a year ago I, I would think is insanely impressive. So I got to be happy. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I, insanely impressive, yeah. Yeah, I got to be happy about that. And, I mean, I'm like some some people, some more known players are basically said, like, you know, reassured me that I've probably gained a lot of respect from a lot of pros. Should I ever make the pro tour? You know, my resume, I'm like building up my resume so that some teams might not be like, oh, it's just some lucky guy that won a pro tour. He actually has some other results to back it up. So maybe we actually want this guy on the team. So even though in the past I've said that I probably wouldn't make team face-to-face games, it, it's not it's not completely, you know, off, out the, of, table. off yeah. the table. And Alice has said, like, what's more important is being a hard worker and being like a team player because you know as as you may have heard you guys may have heard there's a lot of team drama at these pro tours like people that don't work really well together teams that leak decks and whatnot so i probably have all the intangibles so it's about you know ramping up my resume and and ramping up my my level of play to make that team sweet so as it turns out you weren't the only one that played magic on sunday Oh, right, right. So, someone, someone, some set of people actually won a fucking tournament. Like, so, hey. so this was this was the like the most ridiculous thing that ever happened. So I show up in the morning and I have my heart set on playing in this uh, standard event. I got a you know my John Monsters deck ready to go, and well, I'll just play in the Super Sunday series and standard. It'll be fun, and you know a lot of good people that are playing, and it'll be a good time. So I show up, and the lineup's like enormous. I'm like, man, the lineup's really big. Uh, they're signing up now. Lineup's huge. I'm gonna go and get a coffee and come back. So I go and get my coffee and come back, and I miss signups. Ugh. I'm like really? Like that was it? They're like, yeah, the round's firing. I'm like, I was gone ten fucking minutes. Anyways, so I'm standing there, and they're taking registration for this like team sealed event. And so I'm there with Maddie and and uh, Marcel, and they're like, Scotty, we need to do this. Scotty, we're like, we're like, you know, the top three of the top three podcasts that are out there. We absolutely need to do this. Like we need to do this. 
And I'm like, fuck that. I said, you couldn't pay me enough money to go into the SEAL tournament. Like, I fucking drafted for two hours for free where I didn't even have to worry about what prizing I would get at all. And I still fucking wanted my time back. I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're like, Scotty, please. And we're like signing up in like five minutes. <laughs> and I go, I go, okay. So I have some conditions if we're going to do this. If we're actually going to do this, I have some rules. They're like, okay, what? I'm like, well, first, uh, I'm playing the worst deck. They're like, yeah, easy. No problem. I'm like, second, uh, I'm in the middle so that you guys fucking have to listen to me all day. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, okay. Uh, like, huh. And the last one is, I'm going to piss and moan and bitch and complain all fucking day, and there's not a goddamn thing any of you can say to me about it. Okay? <sighs> Fine. Fuck. Okay. Super. So we sign up for Team Sealed. So... We get the opportunity to take some time and sit down. Conley's just kind of hanging out, and he's there with uh, Harry Corvese, and, like, we're sitting down as well. We kind of ask, we're like, so we just entered this team sealed, and we literally have, like, no idea what to do. Uh, how do we do this? And so then they started talking about, like, positioning of where to put your players and all that sort of stuff. And then Harry comes up with, like, and this was, like, the best advice we could have gotten. And he said, okay, so your base colors are white, green, and black those are your base colors and then what you have to do is you figure out where throughout red and uh, red and blue your splash colors are going to be but those are where your base colors are going to be and you're going to be able to create like two really good like two really good decks probably and one like steaming pile of crap deck um but like the blue black deck is like is probably or maybe a black white deck you should have like a really grindy control deck um, and then you've got, uh, like a pretty good white, white flyers heroic deck. And then you should also have like a pretty good, like red, green monsters deck. We're like, okay, that seems fine. So sure enough, or you might end up in blue, green, like there's all sorts of, you could have white, green, heroic, like it would have worked out. Right. So they're like, so look at that, build like two really awesome decks. And then whatever the other ones left, I'm like, sweet, perfect. This is, this falling precisely in a plan. Like, okay. So Maddie and uh, and Marcel both have a fairly good amount of experience with the format, whereas like I don't have a lot of experience with the tricks and stuff, but I feel like I'm a fairly stable player, right? So I'm like, okay, especially when you consider like the the three people we're talking about here. So we're like, okay, so that that works out fine. So we sit down, we open up our four packs. Uh, sorry, eight. So it's twelve packs. It's like six Born of the Gods and six Theros. And we open up this pool that has, like, Reaper of the Gods, four Asphyxiate, or Reaper of the Wilds, rather, four Asphyxiate, um, some crazy-ass shit. Like, the pool was very good. And we had to pass it, and we're like, okay, well, that's fine. We end up getting our pool back, and we end up getting, uh, so Maddie plays this, like, absurdly crazy blue-white heroic deck. Like, we were showing it to everybody, and they're just like, how are you, like, this This deck's retarded. He's, we had, like, all of the good blue cards, and we he had, like, infinite fucking removal, he had the froze, the frost breath card, and grip tide, and, like, he had so many, so much shit going on. And the deck was just very, very, very good. Um, he had, like, two Thassa's Emissaries, and, like, two of the new Tridents for the two threes, he had Trident Tactics, he had all sorts of crazy shit going on. Um... So he's playing that. We build this other red-green deck. We open Nylea, Xenagod, um, as well as the uh, red 3-4 that makes copies of guys. We also get a Lightning Strike and a Magma Jet, and two uh, Nessian Coursers, along with other good green guys. So, like, 
That was a deck. We put our Nykthos in that deck, too. We opened a Nykthos. So all that was left for me was basically the blue-black control deck. And it was a fucking steaming pile of shit. My deck was, uh, <laughs> like, like literally... It was a fucking steaming pile of shit. So, I, so I, I had a Vortex Elemental, I had a Return Phalanx, I had Opaline Unicorn... Uh, agent. I had the the green, <laughs> the green unblockable guy. I went. I had to play bug. I had to splash for green for literally oh the agent of whatever. I had a servant of Timeret, who is the the guy that un- he's got the one four one three regenerating guy, the black guy that regenerates and inspires and drains. Uh, I had a uh, Melita Charlatan, who is the two three guy that you can like tap divination mana and him, and he copies the spell. I had one Cavern Lampad, who is the 2-2 Intimidate Bestow Guy in black. I had one Horse, one Acroan Horse. I had one Horizon Chimera, who is the 3-2 Flash Flyer Trample Draw Card Gain Life. And I had one of the uh, five-drop blue cards, the Tribute card that basically is either like Steal a Guy or it's an Air Elemental. It's like a 1-1 with Tribute 3. Oh, yeah, okay. So I had that, and then my spells were Farika's Cure, Delify, Three Divinations, Two Weight of the Underworld, which is the minus three, minus two enchantment, uh, one Griptide, one Guild, two Lash of the Whip, one Sea God's Revenge, and one Sip of Hemlock. Okay? So that's my deck. It's removal and fucking shitty, uh, shitty guys. Removal at six and shitty guys. Well, I'm, yeah, like I got removal at four. I've got stuff at two. I've got, like, a, there's stuff going on, right? But, like, it, it literally, it's the steaming pile of garbage. I, like, look at this. I hand this deck off. I'm like, this is garbage. This is absolute crap. But you know what? This is what I said. I'm going to piss and moan all day. This is going to be amazing. So I sit down for our first round's opponent. And uh, we all sit down. And we're, you know, we're fine. This is going to be fine. This, I, I'm, this is going to be miserable. I'm going to bitch and moan about it. And it's going to be fantastic. Fuck your format. This is the garbage I'm playing with. So we sit down, our first round opponent. I'm like, okay. So I have something to tell you. And they're like, yeah, what's that? I'm playing this game under protest. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I absolutely hate this limited format. Uh, I hate limited in general. Uh, your format is garbage. Uh, the fact that I am here playing this, playing these games today, I literally would rather be eating the souls of children. Uh, and I'm a father. Um, this is like the, the, the last possible thing that I want to be doing. That said, my two friends here were insistent on playing in the Team Sealed event. And so I told them very clearly that I had three conditions. Number one, I play the worst deck. So that's what you're in for. Number two, I'm going to sit in the middle. So both of them have to listen to me bitch and moan all day. And he smiles. And I said, and the last one is, is that I'm going to piss and moan about everything. And there's not a goddamn thing that they can say or do about it. So I have nothing against you. Anything that comes out of my mouth is not a personal slight. I'm sure you're all wonderful people. But uh, that's sort of the rules for me playing today. Are we okay with that? Uh, okay, sure. And I proceed to not lose. So I then proceeded to not... I went undefeated the entire day. Marcel went undefeated the entire day. Yes. Um, Mar- Maddie lost first two rounds. After that, undefeated the entire There's day. There's always some shitty bag of dicks. So I, I... And so the speech stuck. And we pissed him off. I bitched and complained every round. The speech stuck. I just played tight magic. Uh, so let me tell you, I copied, uh, I copied Divination ten times over the day with my Charlatan. I copied Farika's Cure three times. 
I copied Grip Tide three times. I copied Guild three times. I copied Lash of the Whip four times. I copied Sip of Hemlock three times. And I almost copied Sea God's Revenge. Jesus. Two of those divinations that I copied, I had Horizon Chimera on the table. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Sphinx's Revelation is a really good card. It's even better when you get to play with it in Theros Block. <laughs> so, yeah, for our trouble, we won like nine boxes of Born of the Gods. Great. <laughs> right? Fucking great. Yeah. So it was it was a great it was it was a good time. We ended up having a blast. If there's a it, there's a team sealed event, I think in the end towards the end of the year, uh September time or whatever with the fall set. And if the fall set isn't fucking terrible and that location isn't that far away, we may just run that back cuz we had a ton of fun all day. Isn't that Portland? That's too far away. It's not that far. Yeah. Yeah. Crowdsource it, bitches. Let's have it. Anyway, so it was it was a blast. We had a really good time. And this is like the only deck that I remotely enjoy playing in this format is the super grindy control deck where I get to just like kill all the creatures and leave my opponents with a million tricks and nothing to do with them. So, yeah, it was good. That's what I like to play too, but it never works in this fucking stupid format because it's yeah. garbage. For some reason, people just ignored the charlatan all day and I completely demolished them with it. It was hilarious. So then Sunday night, we end up all getting together, and, and I actually didn't contact Jer all day. And I was a little concerned, because I was, I was legitimately worried that if I went to check on him and I found him dead, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I was, I was actually concerned that he might be dead. <laughs> it kind of felt like that, because I, I, I kind of rolled out of bed at about 1 o'clock. Mm. And at that point there, I was still just absolutely devastated, like just destroyed. So I, I, I realized that my wife had packed some pork jerky for me. Nice. In my suitcase. So I, I was eating pork jerky and drinking water. And I went back into bed and I like watched like super expensive movies on the, the, the TV. Yeah. Porn. No, no, seriously. But they were the same price. <laughs> Why would you buy anything but porn then? I, I don't know. Like, I, I I checked afterwards. I'm like, well, how much is that? Like, if this, if if Acilium or whatever, like that, the the Elysium, Elysium, yeah. If that movie costs like fifteen bucks, like fifteen like, bucks, fifteen oh, bucks. Shit, I don't have fifteen bucks. Well, I didn't have the ability to move. Fifteen. And I wasn't bucks? watch French TV. I don't speak French. <laughs> Apparently, you do. <laughs> 15 bucks is redonkular it was it was but I sat there and I was like oh, I, I need something in the background so I put that on and uh Holy shit. yeah I fell back asleep and then I think it was like pay 15 bucks to watch half a movie what was it like 7 o'clock that you guys finally started to get at me again KYT yeah yeah it's roughly that where like me and Kenji had uh completed our our day two and we're just making way back to our hotel we ran into the edmonton slash oh calgary people or may, probably mainly edmonton those that, yeah, like, that, that, that was all edmonton guys down there that when i got downstairs wondering where the fuck you were so yeah uh we decided to try to find you <laughs> and uh yeah you were just like still kind of fucked <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty rough. 
Well, and then, of course, we, we went up for a beer. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, uh, I don't know why, we, <laughs> anyways, that you would drink more, but I don't we were going to get some poutine. Was, like, I, I was just trying to test myself. Like, you know, I've always heard that that's one of the best things to do is, you know, just dive right back into her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, that was... Was a real heavy like dark beer like that was like the dead guy ale thing that was uh, the brainstorm brewery uh, brew that they uh, brought yeah and uh yeah it was a really really tough beer to drink um i was really really having a hard time with that beer after we were done so when i heard we were going for poutine i was very happy because i figured that's gonna fix me um if cheese curds and gravy can't fix man then nothing can nothing can agree yeah. so yeah we uh all made our way down there jumped in the cab got our way over to what was that place called again? Uh, La Banquise. La Banquise. La Banquise. So I guess it used to be like a snack shack type place that used to sell like a lot of hot dogs and kind of stuff. And then poutine became a thing and they became known for it. So I, I got the, the T-Rex. It was funny. I asked KYT, what's the, the, the best poutine to go with? And he's like, oh, I think the T-Rex. So then I asked the waitress because, you know, I you thought. I don't trust KYT. skinny as fuck. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, oh, the T-Rex. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm getting T-Rex. So to understand this poutine, uh, for basic people who don't know what poutine is, um, you're wrong. Who doesn't know? Even McDonald's uh, has poutine. Yeah, but it, we're, you know, Americans. All right. Those guys. Okay, so fries, cheese curds. So not like shredded cheese or anything like that. Like proper poutine is cheese curds. And then hot gravy to melt the cheese a little bit, get the fries all good. Just, it's a wonderful, like, calorie-rich food. Uh, this place goes and takes it one step further. They make the poutine, and then they throw other shit on it. So I got this T-Rex thing. It had, like, it had, like, what looked like ground beef, but it was actually, like, ground sausage in, like, a like a, a, a saucy-type base. So it's, like, like almost like this, like, I just started to think, like, Taco Bell, like, the same consistency as, like, the ground beef at Taco Bell, where it's, like, this, like, meat slot. Uh, and they throw that down, and then inside <laughs> oh of the meat slot was, like, diced bacon, and then, like, hot dog wieners cut into strips. And oh, into, like, my God, this things. sounds just terrible. <laughs> just, like, slathered all together. Oh, man, it's and, so uh, good. It was good, but, geez, like, again, like, I had been, like, eating, like, a few pieces of pork jerky and water for the whole day that I was conscious, and it was really hard. <laughs> like, again, just, like, I had no energy. I was just, like, like moping about a bit. Uh, it was actually kind of pathetic, but uh, I tried to eat my poutine as much as I could, try to get some of my energy back, because I knew we were going to go out and have another good time. Um, yeah, so I was, I was snacking away at that. We had, you know, a big group of people. Again, this place was, like, super accommodating. They got us in there pretty quick. Uh, we didn't have to fight with cabs too much, so it was really good there. Uh, KYT, what would you have? Um, I think, what was the, the you forgot to mention for me why, why it was funny that the best one was T-Rex. Uh, oh, yeah, so my daughter apparently uh, calls KYT T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the cutest thing ever, Jay. It's like I go to the washroom and she's like, where'd T-Rex go? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, I had, I think uh, me and Kenji had the three amigos, which is... Oh, like, yes, that's right. Three three different types of sausages, because I love me some sausage. <laughs> but it was it was really good. But I I was like there the night before eating the T Rex, so I was getting 
my poutine fill for sure um that night and uh i mean it was it was awesome like all of us were there and and then there were like marcel and the gang were there so it it was a lot it was awesome yeah we had a super good time and then we like all headed to the karaoke bar probably the dirtiest thing i've ever been to in my life yep <laughs> absolutely it was I mean, I definitely forgot it was St. Patrick's Day when we got there. Like, I completely forgot. Because last time we went, after Martel's uh, Pro Tour win, there was nobody. It was like no. a dead bar. Completely dead. It was Sunday night. You know, people were getting to be- getting going to bed for the next day, uh, for Monday at work. And, you know, here we are with, like, a bunch of teenagers that were singing very bad karaoke. Oh my at, god! At the, at the karaoke bar, it was literally atrocious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like there are people just basically saying, "Scotty, uh, can can you sing so we can leave now?" And it was just so funny. Um, and we ended up just drinking, and and then once we realized that it was going to be rough, they started to announce the drink specials. Mm-hmm. And so the drink specials at this bar, and you have to understand this bar. This bar quite literally has a river of beer running through it. Um, there's so much beer on the floor and plastic cups that you. Like, your shoes just get disastered. Um, but they're serving four-liter pitchers of beer for a, for $18. What? And, yeah. they're, and they're serving 23 shots for $23. Holy shit. Mm. Yeah, that's a wheel set, too. Who was that that drank two four-liter pitchers to themselves? Joe. Like walked around with it. That was Joe. Joe yeah. Reeves. Yeah. yeah. Reeves I, I am just... Crazy Joe on Twitter. Yeah. Joe at one point went outside, threw up a four liter pitcher of beer, came back in, bought another four liter pitcher of beer, and just went and started it up again. Yep, like just just casual. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty intense, but it was uh, it was a good night. We got to watch. Uh, there was a bunch of karaoke. There was a bunch of talent that was there, not singing talent. Um, and uh, we watched some guy get fucking thrown out oh, of the bar. Yeah, man. Actual drunk toss. Actual drunk toss. Really? Yep. And it was not one of our folks, thank God. Yeah, like the bouncer like picked him up by the ankles and another bouncer picked him up by the armpits and they like went out the door as he like bucked at them and stuff like that. They got him outside, fed him a couple shots on the sidewalk as the cops were driving by and then the cops hung out there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally crazy. <laughs> so, but I mean like we all stayed, we had a blast. Uh, everyone drank a lot. Um, like I didn't. everyone else drank a lot. Yeah, I had a few um, shots. I just want to say a huge shout out to uh, Jr. Um, at Time Elemental on Twitter. Uh, that guy was really sweet and super awesome and a cool dude. He actually made sure that my drink was basically full all night. Jess bought me a drink, so that was awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Ryan bought me bought me a drink. It was just it was really really nice. So that made me really happy. Jay, you would have died when. When Joe, <laughs> when Joe was vomiting on the street, <laughs> he was showing his butt crack, and Marcel did like the pose and had this, oh, no. no, Frankie, Frankie. Oh man, Marcel, really? Marcel took a picture of Frankie doing like the pose next next to Joe while he's vomiting. Oh, man, you bullies! <laughs> you bullies! <laughs> it was so bad. Oh man, that's too funny. 
And the, it's priceless, too, because the shot got taken at exactly the time when the puke is half in the air. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so great. It's the perfect hit, perfect camera <laughs> shot ever. But yeah, after that, the night pretty much wound, it, wound down pretty quickly after we ended up out uh, leaving karaoke, and we ended up at, at uh, back at the hotel, and it was good. Yeah. So, it was, it was a hell of a weekend, dude. A hell of a weekend. <laughs> Speaking, oh yeah, again, the there was a guy, Doug McGuire from Halifax. Um, he got asked a lot uh, if he was the butt crack guy because he actually he actually looks like him in oh, a God. way. So like a lot of people came up to him and thought he was the guy. So Doug actually like... had a judge ask me if he was. Uh, yeah, I had I had a judge come up and he's like, "Oh my God, is that the butt crack guy? He's not allowed to be here." And I'm like, "I'm not allowed to be here." <laughs> That's that's not him. That's not him. No, he's not. Oh yeah, we 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 skipped an episode, and and I got a lot of people asking me to ask you, Jay. They wanted to hear you solo cast. Yeah, on the butt crack thing. Yeah. Wow. So so, what do you think? Uh, well, I I mean, I had a talk with uh, resident. I guess used to be troll, but is now like an advocate for bullied children. Cody Crossman, uh, and he, he he like he agrees with everything that he said. Uh, I mean, sorry, with everything that they said, um, and he thinks that it's fair. And I, I he had some good points. I don't like. I don't think that it's fair that he got eighteen months. Uh, I do think that the reason that he got eighteen months is because Doctor Eight Sides has just been hammering. Um, Helen Bergeau, anytime anybody does anything remotely to make fun of anyone in any way. Uh, so I think they probably started off with six months or a year and then said, well, we've already got this precedence for this stuff where like almost exactly the same thing has happened. So um, I guess we have to give him 18 months. And I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, and I don't, so, you know what I mean? And, um, I don't know, like, I think, I didn't read, like, I didn't read his article. Like, he wrote an article or something, did he, or? Uh, Sperling did an interview with him for his blog. Which I, which is recent, though, right? Yes, very recent, what like, I, yesterday. Yeah, no, what I mean is, like, when he put, put it up. Oh, it was on, like, uh, on Imgur and on Reddit. Yeah, but, like, did he just put it up as, like, yeah. a, hey, I was here? Or did he write an yeah. article about, like... No, he didn't write anything about it. It was just, like, oh, a, okay. hey, I was here. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so, I feel like... I don't know. I don't I don't think that that's the definition of bullying. And, I, I mean, I think I've talked about it before, where I think, like, in this day and age, like, literally every single thing is bullying. Like, you know, like... And I, th- I just think that's ridiculous, like... This deck is stupid, and you shouldn't play it. Oh, you're bullying that person. You should allow them to make their own choices. And <laughs> um, and I mean, like I, I, like I just think that that's a little bit ridiculous. And uh, like I was reading something today that was just saying like about like just society and how it's kind of getting more and more introverted and closed. And like we like we want to make sure that everybody can be more extroverted, so they're not judged. But it's actually like kind of going. We're, we're like. I don't know, overprotecting. And uh, an interesting stat that I read was that in 1970, 95% of third graders walked to, like that was the age when they started walking to school alone. 
So that was when like 95% of them walked to school. And uh, 10 years later, it was down to like 9%. And now it's less than that. And uh, it's just little things like that. Like it doesn't really have anything to do with like specifically the butt crack thing, but it's little things like that in our society where um, just like, like that I think is a really big, I guess, kind of tell to what we're heading towards. And, uh, and I don't know, I'm not really like a super big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of like the kid gloves around every single thing. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, this guy's at a tournament taking pictures of people's butt cracks to, uh, shame them, I guess, into pulling up their pants so that we don't have to look at their big, fat, sweaty asses. Um, and so I guess that's the wrong way to go around it. But I mean, at the same time, like we also live in a society where on paper, you know, a judge will, and like in a hypothetical, a judge will tell you if you have a problem with something like that to to mention it and they'll do something about it. But I mean, like I've seen people do that and then um, get, like get an unsportsmanlike, um, you know, where they'll like, they'll call, like, and they're, they're being like as polite about it as they can. I mean, obviously like they're not just being super rude about it, but using a judge as a shield. But, I mean, they're not being super polite either. Like, they're not sucking the guy's dick while, you know, complaining about his ass hanging out. But I just think, like, it's... I think we don't need to be in a point like that, and I think it's actually just, like, super bullshit. And I would probably have, like, a funnier, more uh, intense rant if it wasn't two weeks late. But uh, he's already been banned for 18 (laughs) months, which I think is just totally fucking ridiculous. And uh, and everybody basically has already weighed in on it. I'm assuming because I haven't read anything about it because I I knew that hey. it was like Chris Mastioli saying like our what? fans want to hear from you, buddy. Well, there you have it. Um, Lansdell was telling Scott and I that like he had to he was asked by someone to to tell a woman that she was showing yeah. too much cleavage. <laughs> did you see her? I did not see her. Oh my well, goodness! We can't, hey, we like, can't. You can't talk about it because that's misogynistic. She's a I, woman. I know. Woman. No, seriously, she like wants. you can't say anything. Don't say anything. I was in a black <laughs> you're shirt. Get, and said judge. You're gonna on get it. so much backlash. Okay. <laughs> can't say anything. She she, she could have been naked, and it wouldn't have mattered. In fact, it would have been worse, probably. Uh, she might as well have been. Like it was really uncomfortable. And what's wrong with that? You can't say anything. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> I don't know. I can speak about ass cracks if I want. Like, that's the thing is I, I saw, you know, like my, my two cents on it. I saw a lot of people who were saying that it was just a form of fat shaming. Uh, in Edmonton, we got one really bad guy for ass crack stuff. And he's a super skinny guy. He just has like this big hairy ass that always sits out of his pants yeah. when he sits. Yeah, and he's a magic player. All magic players do that. Like, but, like that's the thing. Skinny, it's like fat, tall, short, black, white, female, male, cis, trans, whatever. I've seen yeah. so many fucking ass and dicks. I, 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 I tell my wife about, like, this whole thing that's going down, and she's like, oh, the ass cracks are the worst. That's why I don't go to those tournaments. Yeah. So it's like, oh, my wife doesn't go. My wife is offended. She's she's excluded from the community because she doesn't want to see hairy ass cracks. But, <laughs> so, oh, you can't say anything ever. But, like, yeah, and that's, like, kind of the thing. It's like, in a way, I get what the guy was trying to do. He did it in the wrong way. But, like, we got to get yeah. rid of that type of stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, sure, you can protect, like, that one group of people. But it's like, Expand into the group of people, like, you know, if you're making a movie, you're going to be trying to hit mainstream success. Yeah. Mainstream success does not include ass cracks. 
Like that that's just end all and be all. And it's like it's not a fat shaming thing. It's a guy who doesn't no. own a belt shame thing. No, some so, of those guys even had belts. <laughs> and some of those guys had to look at the pictures. Look at the pictures. They have to. fucking belts to. on. <sighs> that's what I mean. Like I just I think yeah, I think yeah, ban this guy. But if you're gonna ban this guy, also come out with a policy that says you have to wear your fucking pants at a pant level, and I don't want to see your fucking butt. Well, I didn't see any in Montreal, but I. And I if not, if, if that's not the case, then I'm just gonna fucking wear ginch to the next. Fucking <laughs> I don't even care. I'm but gonna like, wear the tightest, a... wettest ginch possible. Unsportsmanlike conduct says that you're making the event uncomfortable for other people. Yeah. So, like, as a judge in a situation like that, like if I'm judging like a local event or something like, that, and I see that, I'm gonna ask to see the player away from the table, and I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, man." Here's what's going down. And you know what? You know what? I'll I don't want to call you out in front of it. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I don't want to do anything like that. All I well, want to do is tell you that, hey, this is what's happening. You're making it uncomfortable for other people. You got to take care of it. Yeah. I'm going to issue the this, and that's all. That's all it's going to be said. So just fix it for and tomorrow. I think, I think the big thing, too, is like, uh, like, I think it should be a proactive thing. If a judge is on his way to a judge call and you know, walks by someone that just fucking reeks, make a note of that, a mental note, or just stop if you don't have time for that. (laughs) And then just fucking, just tell that pull them away from their fucking Yeah, or when their game's done, like, hang around their table, when their match is done, go talk to them. Yeah. Don't have, like, a talk in front of everybody, like, don't don't shame the guy, don't, like, insult the guy to a group of people, but have a one-on-one with them, because, you know what, like, his friends are obviously garbage, because if if that's going on, like, you tell, if you're a good friend, you tell your buddy, hey, buddy, you stink. Hey, buddy, your ass is sticking out. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's that's what a good like, friend does. Exactly. That's exactly what you do. And, I mean, people will argue that if you're, like, you know, you, like, the reason that it's, um, the reason that it's rude is because you're not the guy's friend. So, you know, you're obviously not doing it out of, I guess... Like you're not I'm doing, doing it because it. it makes other people uncomfortable. My responsibility is to the rest yeah, of the tournament. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And if he comes back and he doesn't smell, then I thank you and the rest of the tournament thanks you. Yeah, exactly. Like. And I think, like I said, I think, it should be, I think it should be a proactive thing. And, I mean, I don't think that it's just limited to players or, or just limited to, um, like, spectator. Like, anything. If you, if so, there's a spectator. Another judge. Yeah, if there's a judge, a spectator. Like, it just, it's just unbelievable. And, like, I think that it's so, I think, I think it's so poorly done that it's only it's only the things that are um i want to say i guess reactionary that are getting the attention so like it's similar to how people will are surprised when they hear me talk about something or they hear me on a, a different podcast or or a different subject matter and they're like oh my god he's not anything like blah blah or he's a really nice guy or he actually didn't kick puppies all the time and He's not a rapist. And it's like, well, yeah, like, oh, my God, the creators of Family Guy don't actually just rape children and nuke Arabs. Like, they're just making jokes. And and it's just like, it's it's only the reactionary stuff that seems to actually get a change out of anything. Like, if I take pictures of your ass crack, then there's this big whole thing in the community. There's all this attention. There's bannings. There's all this stuff. But if 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 you just... If I if he would have just called a judge nine times instead of taking nine pictures and then said, like, this guy's ass crack is offending me, no one would have heard of it at all. 
it would have been like a nice little wives' tale that judges would have talked about at the judge dinner, like, oh my god, did you hear about this? And like, what? No, I didn't. And like three judges would be like, yeah, we kept getting judge calls for ass crack and blah, blah, blah. And it would have been like kind of laughing about it. The other thing, the other side of that coin is people will also tell that person who's calling the judge to just chill out. It's just a butt. Don't look at it if you don't like it. And it's like so much fucking bullshit that I can say that to somebody about something like that because on the whole, like a butt crack is not as bad as like a dick or a swear word on a sh- on a t-shirt or a dead baby on a billboard. Well, it's, it's the same thing as like the you know like the the naked girl sleeves or the naked girl. Yeah, bicycle. but like, not even not even the naked girl ones. Just the ones in bikinis. It's like, well, I can go to yeah. a beach and I can see chicks in a bikini. I can go to a nude beach. I can watch porn. I can see nudity on fucking CTV or for the Americans like Fox. Uh, but I can't have a picture of a chick in a bikini at a magic tournament. And and even if I do, even if I do have that or or there's I walk into a store with a playmat where there's a girl that hasn't that has, you know, she's a warrior, but she also has boobs in her breastplate of armor. Then it becomes this entire like giant thing, but I can't tell those people if you don't like it, don't buy it, don't support it and don't look at it. But I but they can tell me that if I calmly and casually point out this fat piece of shit ass crack that's everywhere. But I but like if I if I make a big deal about it by like fat shaming this person because like I guess we're fat shaming now, um, then all of a sudden it becomes this big deal. Whereas if I just call the judge, like the judge will roll his eyes, the people around me will roll their eyes. If I come on the podcast and I say like, yeah, we had a really great uh, time at the GP. Also, like I had to call a judge on a guy. It wasn't a big deal. Like I didn't want to make fun of him. I just had to call it. Then it becomes like me. I'm the bad guy, and I'm like blowing this out of proportion and making a big deal of something that's not really a big deal. And it's like, uh, no, it's the same. That's literally the same thing. I'm just, because I'm loud and say the word fuck, I'm not allowed to, like, have an opinion or have this be done. Okay, great. Fucking great. Well, yeah, no, and, like, to kind of, like, clarify, like, I don't think the, 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 you know, naked girl sleeves and stuff, like, I don't think that's appropriate for a tournament like a GP. Naked girls? I don't think well, even like the like super like provocative like I think that's fine. Uh, you know, like I, I think that that's really borderline. Like that would be a thing where I would talk to a player after a match and just say like, "Hey, man, like you know, we got little kids here. We got you know, we got ladies who are here. Like we're we're trying to have a classy event here. Like I'm yes. sure you can find some sleeves. You, you know, like if he wants to wear those or play those like at his store with his buddies or something like that. If he's got like a group of people, that's totally cool with that. That's cool. But like, it's it's not very I mean, it's not yeah, inclusive. Like- I'm, and, like, I'm there's there's I, places I'm for it. I'm fine yeah. with that. I just I think that's like I think that's just over censorship. And you're always gonna have people on either side of that where right, like where um yeah. like there's have... definitely a line and I think that that's kind of where the line goes. Sure. Like and I also you know, like try and just like weigh like again, it just comes down to like, you know, are we making people uncomfortable with this stuff? And it's kinda like what's the value of keeping it? Like I understand that, you know, like censoring things is not a good way, not a good policy, but like I, I, I'm willing to kind of like bend on a few things if it's going to make, you know, the whole happier. And yeah. like, there's certain parts to it, but like with that, like you're 100% right. Like if a guy is like, if, if someone is doing something offensive, smelling is offensive, like something that's correctable. Well, the other thing is, and like, like, that's the thing. That's the one thing is that there's a lot of these things that like are going around that are very easily correctable. They're yeah. not like conditions or anything like that. And you know what? If we do run into an honest to goodness condition, then like smell away, buddy. Like, I, I'm well, sorry. Even then, it's, even then, it's like it's like, you know what? Like, I 
it's it's you're in a, even then with conditions and stuff you're in a weird position where it's like okay so can we do we alienate this one person who has some kind of condition that makes him stink and he can't wear deodorant or shower or deal with it in any way i guess do we alienate this one person or do we just tell 1200 people to deal with that and then like which one is right and which one isn't and we're like the magic community is definitely going to lean towards being inclusive rather than exclusive to the one person but like like you said with your wife and like i've said with many like things that i don't go to and how other people won't don't go to certain stores and don't go to like there's lots of times where i have people that um that I've just started getting them into magic and they've already told me they're never going to play at the store that we went to. Um, and it's just like, like, how do you, how do you control that? And like, how is it wrong that in, cause like we have societal norms, right? So, yeah. so our society, uh, if not almost the entire world is at the point right now where uh, the civilized world is at the point right now where, you know, daily showering is not out of the ordinary and it is expected of you. You know, you can't you can't go to work and like have your ass cheeks out. You can't go to work and smell terrible. You can't go to work with naked ladies on your shirt. So all of a sudden, it's like different at a magic community because we're all super sensitive because we are all kind of nerds, and in the real world, we kind of get made fun of for being nerdy. So, you know what I mean? And just like, yeah, just becomes, I, I get where you're going with this. Like, you know, it's like it's our refuge. It's the one place where we can express ourselves the way we want to express yeah, ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that's fine. And, but, but like, you know, I think, I don't think that excuses you from societal norms that you're so like, if, if we're sitting here as a community and saying society is going towards this kid glove, everybody's included, um, norm that, you know, we're all polite and we don't say bad things and we don't shame people and we don't do any of this stuff then you know why are the other norms not being uh also followed in that like for years and years and years when you became a certain age and your body started to smell because of nature you started to deal with that problem by showering you know like but we can't say anything to anybody about that stuff and it's like well I think if you're going to follow one societal norm we should be following most of them especially in a society where we want to be we want everybody to have fun at this tournament and you don't want to be made fun of and it is your refuge. But I mean, like there's a point, right? Like if, if people in the real world are making fun of you because you reek, because you don't shower, I don't think that you should be exempt from that because you're a nerd. Cause I'm a nerd and I shower. I know a hundred yeah. nerds that shower. I know a million. I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm a nerd. I'm fat. Uh, sometimes my ass is out. And then people are like, Jay, your fucking ass is out. And you know what? No one, considers that fat shaming and i'm a fat guy but no one considers that fat shaming because i'm not a like because i'm not a baby about it i guess like is that why is it because i say fuck and i'm abrasive sometimes and like so you can fat shame those people but random just regular fat guys who can't pull their pants up for some reason you're not allowed to tell them any guy who can't pull their pants up like and like that's the thing it's like people are always saying like you know hey it portrayed the game in a bad light it portrayed the game in a bad light it's like Talk to people who don't yeah. play magic. Talk to, like, I, I work on a construction site. Like, I am, like, you know, as far away from, like, the traditional people who play this game. And that's what they thought. They yeah. didn't, like, they saw it. And, like, everyone saw it because it was on time. It was on Gawker. I had people walking up to me at work saying, like, hey, this is that game you play. Yep. Like, people were not surprised. No, that's what I mean. People, like, people's no... impression of what they thought the game was about and the people who played it 
was confirmed. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I mean. It was confirmed. It wasn't it wasn't reaffirmed. It was confirmed. There's a reason that a lot of stereotypes are uh I guess created because of you know like they're created in truth. You know, and I'm not saying that it's okay to judge every magic player as a fat, sweaty loser in his parents' basement, but when you have <laughs> when you have a bunch of stuff like that happen and you you if you don't want that to be the message then as a as a community instead of just being like oh don't worry about it don't worry about it we'll ban that guy and you could just don't worry about it, don't worry about it. then you need to go ahead and make a change you need to initiate change right and if you're happy being portrayed as fat sweaty uh guys that live in their mom's basement regardless of whether you are or not and not you know obviously there's nothing wrong with that blah 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 um then, then don't make any changes, but then also don't be mad about anything and don't get upset when someone takes a picture of nine ass cracks that are out because the people are lazy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have both. You can't be an exclusive, uh, higher-than-thou intelligent community and not have basic personal hygiene. That does not work. So, those are my thoughts. Say no to crack. Say no to crack. Kind of Who dad. is slow clap? That's that a dad was, clap. That was a dad slow clap. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> like, yeah, this, that's, a, that's a good question, actually, for, for Scotty. If you're, uh, if the school sent home a note that said Alex, you know, needs to pull his pants up because you can see his ass crack literally all the time. Would you scold your son or I guess not scold, but like, would you have a chat with him or would you like ban the school for fat shaming him? Well, you know I, mean, I mean, like, I mean, like if it's very evident that my son walks around, you know, with his pants around his thighs and his ass crack showing, then he needs to pull up his fucking pants. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even a question. Yeah. And I think what we were seeing or what we see constantly a lot is the other side where it's, and, and you hear about that a lot too. With, like, like I said, with, with society, like helicopter parents and like in, in, in Alberta, it's really bad that you can't fail kids. Like even if they don't yeah. do, they literally can do zero work. They can never go to class. They can uh, be disruptive. They can do a lot of things like that are counterproductive to their and a lot of other people's like education mm -hmm. and they will get passed through school because uh among other reasons it also hurts their self-esteem if you fail them for not doing work um yeah, so we actually had a, a teacher in edmonton who got fired because he gave nope. zeros to students on tests yeah. who didn't hand in the tests or didn't show up for the test yeah he awarded zero when the class policy or the school policy was to give them i think a mandatory 25% for like life lessons or something like that. And he's just like, well, I, I it's like, it's not like they did poorly. 50%. It was a 50%. Yeah. It was like, it's not like they did poorly. It's just, they chose not to do it. Yeah. I'm going to give them a zero, but yeah. the school board was like, no, like you're you like that, that. That's unacceptable. You're done. But now, that's completely away from magic. Like how we get here. That's what I'm saying. Like we're, we're just, everything's kind of, in in my like a lot of things are going towards that. I mean, magic's not like a contributing factor to that. I don't think because of magic, you know. But I mean, like, I what I'm saying is like I, we are just living in a society where 
that stuff is popping up more and more. And I think that, like I said, if you want to be part of a community where you, where the normal quote unquote normal people don't like think poorly of you, like that old, you know, like, Oh, I'm playing dungeons and dragons and everybody sighs and rolls their eyes and makes fun of you for an hour. If you don't want to be made fun of, uh, but you still want to be part of your, like in this community, that's, you know, not, I guess the norm. Um, then you you have to be prepared to either accept that and don't you know care about people having their pants down, or you have to take a negative like this. Like the guy definitely shouldn't have done it this way. We've already established that. But take the negative and then you know don't put it all on him and completely sweep the other uh, issue under the table. You know, take take the opportunity to learn from this and go forward. You know, doing better. Yeah. Wow. Also, send me all your fucking sweaty ass pictures. I want to see them. There, I can link you to them. They're all no, actually no, just, online. I want other people to send them to me so that when I retweet them, I'm not fat shaming or bannable. Oh. <laughs> Have you guys seen Dr. Eastside just fucking slamming um... Like just every at every opportunity, just slamming Helen Bergeau with like stuff about like when people post pictures now. No. So like you know, I'll go to a GP with you, and I'll post a picture that's like, yeah, me and Scotty at a GP, we're the best of friends. And then he will take that picture, and then he will reply to it with Helen Bergeau and say like, please don't post pictures of people where you know you could potentially hurt their feelings, you know, in the background and stuff, because it's like, it's like. I mean, this this is kind of like an extreme what if straw man argument, but um, it has come up before where it's like, well, now that you know we've said that you can get banned for eighteen months for taking a picture of someone, what happens when like I take a picture of Scott and somebody notices in the background that like, for example, someone's ass cracked out, and then somebody mentions that, like, do they get banned for that? Do we get banned for that? Does nobody get banned for that? And and basically that's what Doctor Eastlands is doing now. Is just basically every time someone posts a picture of a magic event, he retweets it and says, "Don't post pictures of people because they could be embarrassed and you could hurt their feelings." <laughs> a little bitter. Yeah, I I mean like I said I I I think I've talked about some other artist. I mean uh, I sorry artist. I don't know why I said artist. That was weird. Some other fucking episode. Uh, I talked about my feelings on the Dr. Eightside issue. Um, and then, like I said, I feel like he should have been banned too, but it's very, uh, it's very difficult to sympathize with a person like that. Agree completely. Scotty's bored of this. So. And KYT fell asleep. Yeah. So wrap it up, Jeremy. Stop talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, oh! Uh, I still like my block cave quad joke. From mm. That was funny. that was a good one. I I didn't even I didn't even pre prep that. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it's uh the, the it was an amazing tournament. We we all had a blast. The I kissed Slick Jagger more than zero times. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that you were so fucking hammered. Um, on the train, I saw French graffiti, which was one of the highlights of the weekend. 
Perfect. French graffiti is like so polite. I don't know. I I I, I couldn't read it. I only saw it in passing while we were on the train, but still, I was like, oh my god, French graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> Play some magic online on the train, which was fun. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I can't believe they shafted you on, like, booze. Yeah. It was really the only thing we got shafted on. Like, the train was pretty comfortable. We figured out on the way back that you could have turned any of the seats in to make a little four-pod. Oh, Shut up. Yeah. I, I, I even said that that was something that we could do, and they're like, no, no, it's not set up that way. Yeah, it is. Fuck yeah, yeah, we had Marcel oh, and the guys oh. we, had, we had three pods going in the back of our oh car. Oh my god, I'm so tilted now. Yeah. <laughs> we legitimately oh, could have boost cubed. It would have been terrible. Oh, because I didn't get the boost cube. <laughs> I know. That was the problem. We were just so fucking busy, we didn't even get to boost cube. Well, like, the judging was ridiculous. Like, I started at, like, 9 o'clock on the Saturday, and I didn't get out of there until, like, 10.30 at night. Yeah. Like, just, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but all in all, great time. Looking forward oh, to do it again. But boy, oh boy, was I ready to get home! Holy shit! It's a long, yep, long too, yeah. time, yeah. buddy. It was, it was like gone for four days. I'm still fucking tired. I'm still <laughs> yawning. Like I have not caught up yet. It's so bad. Ugh. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Weekend starts after tomorrow. Anyways. Well, I'm I'm staying up because I'm gonna have to fly to Cincy in a few hours. So, oh, you're going to Cincy too? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. grind continues. Yeah. What, what do you plan? Um, probably mono black. Just don't know what to splash. So it's gonna be uh, do the red splash. Red, red for Rakdos return. I'm gonna figure it out. Red, red, <laughs> red, red. Slaughter games. Red. I don't know how good Slaughter Games is. I don't like Slaughter Games Red at all. Really good. Slaughter Games, ask E-Chan. Well, E-Chan didn't win, did he? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I love that. But yeah, wish me luck. Good luck. Good luck. Red. Oh, speaking of red, oh my god, we are almost the worst. Okay, great. Like, what did we miss? There was a premiere this weekend. <laughs> the premiere of the A-Team toque. Oh, yes, that's how you could find all the badasses in the room, because they're all wearing red toques. It was awesome. Even the Stibs was wearing one. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, yes, red toque, it's badass. Um, if you had one of the Mana D toques that didn't really fit on your head, this one does fit on your head, so <laughs> it's better than the Mana Deprived toque. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's got wonderful white, bright text on the front. It's got the Jobin on the back. It is one sexy ass toque. And they're available on spacegames.com. Yes. And those guys are pretty good, you know. Pass, pass. So, yeah. Buy toques. <laughs> Buy toques. Support your local podcast. <laughs> Buy toques. Oh, man. Please buy toques. It's a great way to cover up the bald spot, you know, because that's going to be the thing to be uh, insulting soon. So Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Bald gates. <laughs> well, you're going to Cincy. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. You just take a picture of every bald guy you see. But like, like but I was smile. trying to grind for silver, but, but then smile. I decided to get a year and a half ban instead. 
No, not even that. Just say, just say, I love bald guys. <laughs> or no, even better, have a girl do it. No. Have a girl do it. Do the exact same thing as Crackgate, but make it Baldgate, but instead of a big, fat guy with a beard, make it a chick. <laughs> Man, the internet would explode! <laughs> also, what format is it? Is it standard? Standard, yeah. standard, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Won't be watching that. Standard! Yeah, from the Yep, we'll watch it. I'm sure I'll catch some of it. It's my old man's birthday. Uh, Sunday. Mm. So I gotta go and do the family dinner thing on Saturday. So that'll be good. Yeah, yeah that's my plans for the weekend. If I'm fortunate enough to be able to potentially play some FM, then that might be a thing, but uh, I think that's unlikely. So, yeah. I guess that's it for the week. Recap of the insane weekend. Um, like, it was so amazing. I'm sure there are a million people that we missed uh, that we were hanging out with. Like, Durf was there. Rye was there. Yeah. Uh, Kyle and Avery were there. Yep. And uh, both of them were super awesome. Um, so good to see them. They're moving to Winnipeg, I think. So that's going to be sad. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Makes me sad. But it sounds like that's happening. Uh, happy birthday to Phil Sams, whose birthday was on Sunday. And uh, awesome shout-outs to Kenji, who had a good time with us, too. Uh, Spike Mo, T-Moles, that guy's legit. And uh, who else? All the Brainstorm Brewery guys, Bloody Mess Jess, all the crew that uh, came in from uh, Buffalo for the trip. Spruik, obviously. Obviously, yeah. I think his uh, his uh, set just actually came out. Like he, he put it out in podcast form, so I think that just came out today. Sick. So check that out. And uh, yeah, and like everyone else that I didn't mention, the that, Tuke. you know that I love you. Um, yeah, super, super, super time. Awesome. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> So we'll see you all next week. Uh, Hopefully KYT will be on the Pro Tour. And uh, if not, we will continue to ridicule him openly. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) Bye, guys.